Welcome to That Shady Buffalo Podcast, a podcast about unimportant things that for some reason are important to us. I'm your host, David Cole, and this week we're talking about the top 10 21st century frontmen. And to help me with this is my good friend Alex Golden, uh, co-host of Setting the Pace Podcast, the best Pacers podcast of all time. Uh, <laughs> I mean, hey, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, hey, it's just, it, it is what it is. Um, no shade to anybody else. I just, you know, um, maybe I'm biased, but I don't care. Uh, <laughs> but um, so Alex, help me kind of break down what we mean by the top ten frontmen of the 21st century. Yeah, so it was kind of an idea. Like I was thinking of like, man, we should do something with like 21st century music. Because yeah. we kind of grew up with this, obviously. Like, we For love sure. the old stuff. We talk about that all the time. I just feel like this newer era of music doesn't get as much love as maybe it should. And we were kind of looking at it from, like, a standpoint of, like, our personal favorites as well as popularity. And that was where it was kind of, like, really hard for me to make my list. Because I'll be honest, there are some people on my list that I put on here strictly out of popularity and not because they're, like, my personal favorite. But at the same time, there's also ones on here that are definitely my personal favorites that are higher than they, you know, than probably someone that's more popular is uh, on yeah. that list. So, you know, and it's such a broad thing. I think the biggest thing here we should talk about is the genre that we decided to talk about. Yeah. Um, we decided to do pop, rock, and then country if we wanted to. Yeah. Um, which I don't think either of us will have too much country on there. Uh, mostly no. pop and rock. Uh, Hip hop, we didn't really want to go down that style of genre either i don't think either of us like that or or listen to that frequently so yeah for sure um this is more up our alley in terms of more pop and rock music so i've got a good dose of both but uh yeah i, I think it's gonna be fun though yeah so one of the things that you kind of started to touch on that really drew me to this idea is specifically the idea of frontman now that term for that term is genderless like yeah it has it has men in it but um we did not just say oh it has to be a guy yeah. So and to me, that is this is the lead singer of a band. He, yeah. This person can play an instrument or could not, but they are the lead singer of a band. So I didn't even restrict myself to even just pop, rock, and country. Now, I I think I, if I think about it, everything could probably be classified on my list as pop, rock, one of those two. But I didn't even think about it like, like that. I just thought of like, who are some great bands that have great frontmen? Um and that were from the 21st century. So part of why I like that caveat of 21st century is if you think of people that I've talked about, the greatest frontmen of all time, it's almost exclusively the 60s and 70s. It's yeah. like Mick Jagger, it's Paul McCartney or John Lennon, it's um uh, Ty- uh not Liv Tyler. That's that's I'm my brain's thinking Lord of the Rings still. So that's <laughs> that's that's his daughter, Steven Tyler from Aerosmith. Um, you know, people just mention all of these classic rock bands and their lead singers. I'm sure I'm missing somebody. I'm just naming people off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, but when you talk, talk about top 10 frontmen of all time, they almost always come from the 60s, 70s, maybe a couple from the 80s, maybe. But honestly, yeah. I really, I really doubt it. Most of them are going to be 70s exclusively. And for good reason, there's a lot of good music in that time period. I'm not saying there's not. But when you think of frontmen, you think of people like Mick Jagger, uh, and I think that we may have a have a subtle reference to Mick Jagger at some point on one of our lists, but uh, <laughs> sure. we just both grew up on the '90s, 2000s, 2010s. You know, um, 
music. And so it was a cool thing to kind of go back and look at, okay, well, what are some of the good and best, in our opinion, uh, frontmen of the era? So some of the things that I used to create my list, you kind of started to get into yours. So if you um, have anything else to add, just jump in uh, when, yeah. I get, when I get done. But I looked at a few things for me. For one is, do I like the music they make? And there are a couple of people on my list that I don't really love their music that much, but they are worthy based off of other criteria to be on the list. So one of them is just my personal taste. One of those things is popularity. Um, although, as, as Alex, you, you and I talked before off air, um, my view of popularity is sometimes a little bit jaded. <laughs> yeah. I kinda, at times I, I look at popularity and think of it as like, it's almost a kind of a hipster view of it. I'll, I'll be a little bit um, self-deprecating. I <laughs> oftentimes, if it is so popular, I'm like, well, it must not be that good. You know, it's just, like, just me being negative Nancy and whatever. So but I do love some people that are popular. If you know me well, you know that I love a few people that are super popular. So it's a little bit um, disconnected there. But I did look, I did factor in popularity. In terms of skill, if they played an instrument, I try to, keep, to take that into account. Mm. How, how good are they at the piano or the guitar or whatever they play? Um, and then I also take into account, do they have their own stuff? Like, do they do their own music on the side? Do they have their own uh, album or two? You know, do I like that music? Is it different? Is it better? Is it worse? Like, whatever. Um, and then the last thing I took into account that I can think of, at least for right now, was stage presence. And do you put on a good, like, to me, one of the biggest jobs of a frontman is to put on a show upon the show. You're kind of in charge of the concert. Like you are the one that's really supposed to be leading this whole thing. So I've seen several of the people that well, I'm going to mention live and some of them got bumps up and some of them got bumps down based off of how I thought that they, they performed as frontman as frontman um, when I saw them live. Now that could be, you know, a small sample size, but um, well, for some of them, I've one person on my on my list I've seen three times. So, well, I wonder who that is. <laughs> Should not be a surprise as to who that is. Um, so, those are the criteria that I kind of looked at when I was making this list here. What about you? Anything that you haven't mentioned yet that was a criteria for you? Yeah, no, that's that's actually a really good thing that you brought up uh, that I didn't think about was their stage presence. And part of that is because I don't really go to a lot of live concerts, so that's just my. I just never did that growing up, and I've yeah. just been strictly. Someone that listens to the radio, listens to, you know, now Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, whatever. That's kind of how I get my viewing of these people and my listening. And I will say one thing that we both talked about that we didn't bring up yet is that we didn't pick anybody that was established really in the 80s or 90s that had good runs in the in the 21st century. So, for example, uh, I think one of the most popular ones is Green Day. Obviously, yeah, they had some good music in the 90s, but they were established in 1987. So we just felt like you know, we should strictly do it where their first album came out in the 21st century. So that was another part of the criteria. So if you're thinking, oh man, I can't believe they left, left this group off or this guy off. That was a big thing that we wanted to make sure we emphasized when kind of making our list. And I think it also helped us narrow it down a little bit because it was getting kind of broad with that not being in there. So yeah. uh, that is what I looked at. And another thing I looked at was social media following. Um, okay. Unfortunately, this did kind of sway me a little bit <laughs> more than I <laughs> wanted it to because I'm like, oh my gosh, these people have way more followers than this. And yeah. how much, how many more followers did the individual lead person have than their band? Like to me, that was really interesting because there's some where it's kind of flipped where the lead singer for their band's not as known as the band is, but the lead singer is like really good. But like, you know, the group or the band uh, is a little bit more popular. So 
that's kind of how I uh, factored it in. So I tried not to use it too, too much, but I think some of the people that made my list were strictly on there because of one, how many Spotify listens they had and how many followers they had on social media. Sure. Yeah. I, I will say to add in, we talked about doing this whole thing, like basically, like you said, post 2000, where if they had any albums before 2000, um, we didn't include them. I almost broke the rule for one person <laughs> and I'll, I'll mention it later, but there's yeah. a couple, there's a couple that were really close that had their first album in 1999 or 1998. And, and even if the album wasn't like successful, really didn't have any big hits. I still stuck to the rule. I almost didn't, but I, but I did. Uh, did you stick to that rule like hard and fast like that? Or did you break it? As far as I know, I did. Okay. <laughs> if we get through the list and you're like, oh, they actually had a, uh, and then I'll say, okay, I didn't well, catch that. They'll be, that won't be that big of a deal. That'll be fine. Okay. Like, I almost broke it. Cause there was somebody that I think is really strong. Um, that probably is deserving to be on my list, but they did have an album out before 2000 and I'll, I'll get into some of that. Uh, I'll, I'll do some of that before we get to our like top five, we can okay. do some honorable mentions and talk about like maybe some people that we left off for different reasons. So yeah. I'll, I'll mention a few people that I left off because they had albums before 2000, um, when, when we get further along in the podcast. Okay. So let's go ahead and just jump, jump in here. We're going to do our 10 through six first, and we'll go back and forth doing 10 each and then nine each, and then go all the way up. Then we'll take a break after we get to six and come back with top five. So Alex, go ahead and lead us off. You're number 10. Yeah. So this is one you're probably going to laugh at. Uh, probably someone, I don't even know if you thought about putting them on your list. Uh, they've got 33.1 million followers on Instagram. Okay. Okay. 14.1 million on Twitter. Okay. Uh, the band only has 6.9 and uh, followers on Instagram and 4.7 on Twitter. And this is Nick Jonas. Oh, I did not. Is he considered the front man? <laughs> I would say so okay. because he usually is saying on most of the songs. Now I will say this. I mean, one of their song sucker, which is from their rebrand or them rejoining back together. Yeah. has 1.3 billion streams Oof. on Spotify. It's a very catchy song, very popular song. Uh, the band started out in 2006. So he was really yeah. young at this point. And I mean, I, I mean, I was only 14, so I will be honest. My wife, still likes the Jonas Brothers. Yeah. Every girl from that era, I feel like, was a huge fan. Yeah, uh, They were definitely more for the girls than the guys. I'm not going to deny that. But I actually really like his voice. And I think he's incredibly talented. He's a songwriter. He's a musician. Kind of, I think he has good stage presence as well. And he had a solo career. Yeah, and he does. His solo career is actually really fascinating. Hmm. Um, I like some of the songs. Like My favorite song from him, probably, even if you include the Jonas Brothers songs, is Levels. Okay. Uh, it's a it's a pretty cool song it's just fun it's you know it's when he was a solo artist but you know i, I just feel like if you think about this band these brothers yeah. they only go as far as he takes them okay yeah. at the end of the day this is the guy that's going to take them as far as they go because he's the best singer by far i mean you know joe had his moments joe had you know joe was considered the better looking one for a while <laughs> kevin was just there right you know, yeah. kevin's just a musician <laughs> so like you know kevin's had reality tv shows and whatever he's stayed relevant but like not like nick has and so uh one thing i did for all of the artists too is i actually found the song with the lowest pitch that they sang on that's cool and then the song with the highest pitch and it's actually pretty funny but uh the the song with the lowest pitch comes from one of their soundtracks that they did when they were on the Disney show, Jonas LA, it's called chilling in the summertime. So for all those girls that they're listening, I'm sure you know what that is. Yeah. I only listened to it when I was researching. And then the song with the sure. highest pitch is, con uh, 
conspiracy theory on the who i am album and i believe this is when uh he like was a part of a band like for like we did one album with this band it was like nick jonas and the conspiracy theory oh. and it was like in 2010 so uh he hit some crazy high notes on that david if you go listen to yeah. it i don't think you will but if you ever <laughs> did it's just like i'm like okay like he can get up there so his yeah. range is pretty high um, but other than that, I just felt like, you know, with them kind of like breaking up and then coming back together recently and they're relevant again now, uh, I felt like I had to give him the nod over some people. And honestly, 33.1 million followers is insane. That's crazy. I will say I did not even consider people like this, not because <laughs> I don't enjoy them. I I, I don't I haven't I haven't listened enough to even say whether I enjoy them or not. But, yeah. be, and, but because of the fact that if there was anyone that was even like if there's any group where it was even a debate who was the front man. I just didn't even think about it and just skipped them. <laughs> yeah. A couple of people where it was a couple of people that I'll mention later where like you could argue maybe one person is the front man, but it's pretty 50, 50 or like 70, 30. And I was like, I'm just, I'm just going to like not even use any, any groups like that. So any of these big boy bands where there's like several lead singers for several songs, I didn't yeah. really use any of them. And, and if you did, it's totally fine. No, um, I'll say this. Cause I thought about putting like, uh, One Direction yeah, on here just Harry because Harry, Harry Styles is so popular. Yeah. But I, I feel like you can make the case that, you know, Liam and Zane and all those guys had just as much of a part of being yeah. a frontman during their time as a group. So that's why I didn't um, put him on there. But I felt Nick was a little bit different just because had the solo career, then came back with the band and the followers is insane. I mean, I'm, I don't even know what Harry's are. I'm sure they're probably yeah. more than Nick's because I always get random algorithms with <laughs> videos of him in there but uh but yeah so it was one of those things and i will say i mean i like some of the the jonas brothers music i won't lie like uh one of my favorite songs is when you look me in the eyes like it's a it's a cool song um but yeah other than that i, I just had to give a shout out to all those sure. that are some of those girls that are listening are probably like thank god he recognized <laughs> this is somebody we were hoping was on here <laughs> yeah yeah um okay cool so i'll do my number 10 which is going to be wildly in the other direction from nick jonas so my number 10 <laughs> I was debating between a few different people that I think are super underrated in terms of how popular they are and how good they are. And when I looked into this guy, he uh, he caught me off guard. So one more recent band that I'm a huge fan of is Broken Bells. And they've only, ha only had two albums, but they have been putting out some singles recently. They've only been around for, I want to say, like 12-ish years, something like that. When I looked in their, to their to their front man, he also is the lead singer for The Shins, which has been around since 2000 or 2001. I checked, but it is post-2000. So he has put out eight albums since then, and he has two Emmy nominations. Uh, so he is underrated, I think. He has no wins. Um, he has had four songs in the Hot 100 and two top tens on the, on not on like the overall charts, but two top tens on specific genre chart, charts. Um, Broken Bells had a couple songs that were really um, like high up on the radio um, on specific genre type stations. I don't remember what they were now, but it wasn't like um, like 96.3 or like a super pop station. But I did not realize this guy it was it was the lead singer from both bands because his voice is a little bit different. And one of the in Broken Bells, he uses a lot more falsetto. Mm -hmm. And in The Shins, he just sings like normal. And The Shins is more acoustic, folky. And Broken Bells is like, a modern day rock version of the Bee Gees. Like it's very bizarre. It's like disco rock. Oh, wow. but like it's, I mean, I wouldn't say disco rock is makes you think it's like 
and that, that term's a little bit misleading, but only a little bit. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, it is very like he's singing falsetto and BG's esque and hits some crazy high notes with his falsetto. So he sounds very different. So I was like, this is, I had to like double check it, like to make sure that, that uh, Wikipedia was correct. So I was like, I don't think it's the same guy, <laughs> but it is the same guy. <laughs> so if you're interested in looking into like new music, kind of interesting, a little more eclectic stuff. I feel like most people that are already kind of into that kind of music could probably already know about the shins, but you may not know about uh, Broken Bells. So if you don't know about Broken Bells, they only have two albums, so it's pretty easy to to dive into there. Yeah, did you say what catalog. his name was? I can't James, remember if, you... if I didn't if I didn't say it, his name is James Mercer. Yeah. Okay. I've never heard of James Mercer. Yeah, <laughs> so I I, I hadn't heard of James Mercer before. I, I I just knew there was a guy that was the singer of Broken Bells, and okay. I knew there was a guy who was the singer of the Shins. I just didn't realize what his name was. And I didn't realize it was the same person. Yeah, so. I I hate that I can't add any context to this because I've not heard either <laughs> either band's uh, well, okay. music. <laughs> so, I, I I mean I didn't add anything for Jonas Brothers because I don't really know them that well either. So true. And they're a lot but more at least popular. you're familiar with who they are. <laughs> well, yes, but they're a lot more popular than yeah then the shins are broken bells so yeah uh, it's a little bit more reason for for you to not know these guys so okay well i feel um, i feel a little better <laughs> no yeah I, I didn't expect you to, to know who that was i think everybody else though you will be familiar with at least okay. a little bit okay um so let's go ahead and go to number nine yeah so this one for me um i really have only heard like one of their albums all the way through which kind of sounds crazy that i have them on my top 10 list if i've only heard like one album all the way through but I love that album so much. And that is Alex Turner from the Arctic Monkeys. Ah, cool. Okay. I I, I, that, I, consi- I considered him, but I don't know his stuff well enough. Yeah. So they have 33 million listeners per month on Spotify, which I thought was quite a bit. He's not on Twitter or Instagram that I could find. Um, but okay. the band has 4.1 million followers on Instagram and 1.8 on Twitter. I tell you what, that album A uh, AM is yeah, it's so good. insane, bro. <laughs> uh, it, it is so good, and I was kind of telling you about this, but like, uh, I, I was watching a YouTube video where this kid was like, I think he's from like Europe, uh, like twenty years old in his twenties, and his dad's an older rock, you know, musician, and his dad's listening to it, and he's just sitting there listening to the album. And they're reviewing it. <laughs> and he is just losing his mind. He's like, I thought rock and roll was dead. He's like, well, rock and roll is alive in the 21st century. He's like, this is great <laughs> stuff. He's like, man. Uh, so I, 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 you know, they, uh, his influences though, I have a couple little facts here on him. His influences early on were the hives and the white stripes. Yeah, good uh, stuff. Too shy at first. He initially didn't want to be the lead singer of the band. Uh, the original singer was Glenn Jones, a, f- a fellow student of Stockbridge high school. So I thought that was interesting. And then in 2010, he wrote six songs for the movie submarine a british america american coming of age comedy drama film so the fact that he actually wrote like a movie score is kind of interesting um now the song with the lowest pitch it's from that album uh why'd you only call me when you're high which yeah. is a probably my favorite song by them and then uh <laughs> the song with the highest pitch was four out of five which is on tranquility base hotel and casino which i actually like that song too i've heard some of their other stuff on other albums but that album alone like it's just so so good yeah, and it's amazing yeah, I almost didn't put them on the list for some other people, but I just like I couldn't stop listening to that album as I was doing research. I was like, I got to give him a spot here. He's got the same name as me, too. So maybe that was biased, but uh, <laughs> he's got such a cool voice. And uh, yeah, I really enjoy his music. Have you heard their new single, There Better Be a Mirror Ball? You know, I actually think I have. Okay. It's really but, good. <laughs> but <laughs> I've been doing so much. Okay. So for everybody just listening, I've been doing so much listening to music over the same. past two weeks. 
everything's running together in my head right now. Yeah, it's crazy. So it's it's not like I'm like spot on with everything in terms of like knowing every title of every song, but yeah, this guy. I mean, if you even heard of the Arctic Monkeys, uh, you got to check him out. There's so yeah, good. yeah. I, he definitely was on my short list. I just given the fact that there were so many people that when we started this idea. There were several people that I was like, this person will probably make my list. I just need to make sure that I have heard all their stuff or maybe or maybe I knew for a fact that I hadn't heard one of their newest couple albums. And so I started making a playlist of stuff that I needed to, to listen to. And mm-hmm. I just realized it was way too much to go back and listen to the rest of the, Ar- the Arctic Monkeys catalog. So I was like, I'm just going to go ahead and just like say I don't know them well enough um, to to even like consider including them beyond yeah. the fact that I, I did initially because I, I do really like that am album and their new single is really good <laughs> but yeah. i do want to dive into the rest of their stuff some point soon yeah they're they're good man and I, I was gonna ask you real quick if me and you actually have like the same artist but like maybe yours is lower than mine do you want to wait to talk about that yeah i didn't mean to say i didn't mean to say okay. that just just like maybe you can mention that you have it and okay. just like we can uh we can just hold off to to the person that has a highest okay. it makes the most we'll sense do. to me i think so um speaking of that we're going to, go to my number nine i'm curious to see if you have this person um, I would have had them higher maybe like 10 years ago, but <laughs> for now, I just felt like I couldn't ignore their body of work and their talent. So for number nine, I'm giving this to Chester Bennington, who is the lead singer of Lincoln Park. Do not have them on my list. Okay. So given that I did, and I'm not a massive, even when I was like really more into Lincoln Park, I was basically a fan of like two albums. Um, they're just almost too experimental and, and that, that like, which is funny because they have their, their album minutes to midnight. It was 07. That was the one that I liked the most overall, which is one of their, um, more like their hardcore fans would probably say that that album's a little bit more commercial or a little bit too commercial, but, um, there's a few songs, obviously their hits. I, I always enjoyed their hits, but I was never like a super big fan of their hits. Um, they're and their albums as a whole. Uh, it was almost too inconsistent in terms of the style to where they would do, they would, they would do things. That I was like, this is almost too weird for me. And I haven't come back to listen to them in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I just know how good he was live, And I know how talented he, he was as a so- songwriter, as a singer, as a musician, um, just like as a front man in general. So I kind of felt like I needed to give him a spot on my list and given that I was going to save number 10 for an underrated person, I was like, number nine is probably as high as, high as I can go yeah. for like an honorary spot that I don't even, like I haven't listened to. They have two, three, they have three albums, um, four albums, I think, that have come out since 07, which is the last time I actually listened to a full album of theirs. So there's a bunch of albums that I haven't listened to. And then obviously he did pass away. Um, I want to say, was that 2020, 2019, maybe even? Yeah, was, I, got, I, I forgot that he passed away. I think it was pre-COVID. So I I, I, I want to say it was 2019. But um, either way, it, that really wasn't like a huge factor as to why I included him. Um, I'm sorry, 2017. Holy wow. Cow. That, that feels like it was yeah. not, 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 not that long ago. Five years ago. Holy but, cow. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, but, you know, him being deceased was not really like the factor in why I included him. I did think right away, like, well, I know he's really talented and I did listen to them um, a decent amount for a while when I was, you know, a teenager in high school and a little bit in college, you know, a year or two. But um, so I considered him. And then the more I looked into like videos of him live and what he was able to do, uh, it just felt like he deserved it. So that's why I put him on there. 
No, and I think that's I think that's great that you put him on there because I didn't have him as an honorable mention, but I did look into adding him at one point on my list because if you looked at a lot of different lists online, he was always in like, you know, one of the top voices of the 21st yeah. century. I just I like they're okay. I mean, yeah, that, I get that's kind of how I am with Lincoln Park. Like I, get it. I know some people love them, like are just diehard Lincoln Park fans. And I can understand why you like them. Like there's some songs that are really groovy and catchy. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I like this. But I just, after listening to like seven or eight songs in a row, I was like, okay, I'm ready for something different. Yeah, I get that too. Yeah, so- that's just kind of how I was. I was like, I don't, like you said, consistently, I did not like them enough to put yeah. him on my list. But definitely think, you know, their popularity, he probably was deserving of a spot. So I'm glad that you gave him one, even uh, though I didn't. And just to kind of back that up, I saw unpopularity a little bit. So nine albums, which is really high. Yeah. Um, the second tied for second most of anyone, anybody on my list. Um, oh, wow. Two, only two Emmy, nom- Emmy nominations and no Emmy wins, but um, 20, let me make sure I get the right number here. 21 Hot 100 songs, five top tens. Wow. And that 21 number is bigger than several people on my list. I don't want to spoil names yet, but like <laughs> it is bigger than it's bigger than you would think. Yeah. It is only one behind Coldplay. Okay. For wow. Hot, for Hot 100 tracks, which to me is crazy. Yeah. But it just shows that they did have some popularity there. And, you know, maybe I got, maybe I'm getting my, my numbers wrong on some of this stuff, but I did, I looked at the um, billboards website to try to find some of the information that I'm giving you. And then I also looked at the Emmy website. So I'm trying to get the most accurate I can get. It seems like Coldplay should have way more singles that made Hot made Top 100, but that's what I'm getting. Is only one fewer than Coldplay, which to me wow. shows you that they were they were pretty popular in their heyday. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, they obviously. I mean, would you consider the metal at all? I mean, no, no, no. But they are like experimental, like yeah. heavy rock. So like, yeah, they're heavier for sure. They're definitely heavier on average, and they also like do some strange stuff almost just for the sake of it being unique and different mm. which is which some people just like that and some people like is like okay i want something a little more consistent though so i get why they're not for everybody but they did have some yeah. popularity for sure which is kind of surprising to me yeah no I, I definitely like that you put them on your list i guess i can move on to my number eight now yeah, let's do that um this person their band is much bigger than they are as a front man and i was actually kind of surprised by this because uh this guy is an incredible songwriter uh, and a producer. He's only got 727,000 followers on Instagram and 69,000 on Twitter. So like not very many, but the band has 2.4 followers on its uh, 2.4 million on Instagram, 3.1 on Twitter. And they have 48.5 million listens per month on Spotify. This is one Republic Ryan Tedder. Yeah. Uh, So honestly, like this, He's a really interesting person. So I found out some really interesting facts here, David. Sure. Uh, he began learning to play piano at the age of three in exchange for candy corn. Okay. How hilarious <laughs> is that? <laughs> like fantastic. most people don't even like candy corn. I know. Like, you know, and people make fun of me for liking it. So I was like, this is like, yes, it's hitting a spot. Um, he took up singing when he was seven years old and he claims that he sang for two hours a day, every day of his life until he was 18. Oh my gosh. So like really stretch those vocal cords out. Um, at 21 years old, uh, he entered a singer-songwriter competition put on by NSYNC's Lance Bass. He was selected as a finalist and sang an original song called The Look in front of millions of viewers on MTV. He eventually won the talent search, but never received the music contract that he was supposed to uh, for the prize. So I thought that was like, wow, that's like, wow. How, how did that happen? Uh, a couple more here. He was uh, He's been a recipient of 
the Grammy for album of the year three times. Yeah. These wins were thanks to his production credits on Adele's 21 and 25 and Taylor Swift's 1989. Yeah. So for him being so involved as a producer, like if you go back, I think on Taylor Swift's 1989 album, she has like a little tape recording that you can listen to where she actually sends like one of her songs to him and uh, like a voice recording on her phone. And then lastly, um, he actually wrote the song counting stars at Beyonce's writing camp. So that single went on to be the band's biggest hit. And its music video was the first by a band to reach 1 billion views on YouTube. So that was really like some massive stuff. I was like, wow, like he deserves to be up there for what he's done and like all aspects of things. Um, I'll get to the the lowest pitch song was Burning Bridges on the album Native. And the highest pitch was on Didn't I by Human. And I'm sure if you guys know that Didn't I song, you can imagine how high he gets when he sings that. Uh, So just really cool. I, I really like One Republic altogether. Uh, you know, because they kind of had like different variations of sound too. Like it wasn't all the same, but they've always been more poppy to me yeah, than Rocky. Sure. And, you know, they had like that Apologize song with Timbaland. So, <laughs> you know, just a lot of different things there, but they've been pretty popular for a while. And uh, I just felt like he deserved a spot on my list. Yeah, I did consider him strongly. He was the one that got left off. Okay. So he would have made the list if it was eleven. So on top of the three wins, he they, he did he does have eleven nominations for, okay. for Emmy as for for Grammy. Sorry, I'm talking about Grammys. I, I don't know why I'm saying Emmys. Um, I hope I didn't say that for like the entire podcast. But, I think you have so far, but well, it's, it's definitely okay. definitely Grammys. And someone's like dying <laughs> laughing listening to me this whole time. Uh, <laughs> and they, he, he, well, One Republic as a band had eighteen has had so far. I guess I should say eighteen songs in the Hot 100, five top tens. So. Wow. For me, the biggest reason why they're not on my list is that every album that I've listened to has had diminishing returns for me. First album, I loved it. It's amazing. I listened to it probably a hundred times when it first came out. I listened to it all the time. Cass mm-hmm. and I loved that album. And second album, I listened to a ton too. I also really, really, really enjoyed that album. Just a little bit less, yeah, but not significantly less. And then Native, I think, is their third album. That one I did enjoy like pretty significantly less, but wasn't like totally out. I was yeah. like, this is not good anymore. And then the next album after that was the last one that I listened to. And I actually re-listened to it for this just to make sure I don't want to put him on here. And it's just kind of boring to me. It's kind of like, it's just like, they. It's, I just feel like they've, and maybe the, their newest album has picked that back up. I actually have saved that album to listen to it. I just didn't get to it. But it just feels like they kind of have lost some of the spark that made them interesting to me. And that might be on me as much as it is on them, but they don't do a ton of variance in their mm-hmm. style. And so after a while, it was like, okay, I kind of get what you are. Nothing I'm hearing right now in this, at least in the fourth album, is really like, other than a couple of hits that they have on that album, nothing else really stands out to me. Whereas the other, especially the first two albums, I liked almost front to back. Like mm-hmm. regardless of what was in the radio or not, I enjoyed those albums top to bottom. Um, in fact, I generally liked other songs on the album more than the radio hits on those albums. Which yeah, Waking, always... Waking Up is my favorite album. Really? That was the, sec- the second, second, second one. one. Yeah, yeah I, I I love both of them, so I totally get that um, opinion. But like, to me, a sign of a really strong album to me is when I enjoy the radio, the non-radio hits as much or more. And those yeah. first two for sure did that. And nothing since then that I listened to has really done that. Even Native, which I didn't dislike necessarily, I think the best songs on that, for me at least, were radio hits. So it's harder to feel like they just kind of were running out of steam a little bit from where I was 
um, from my perspective, at least. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's just kind of what kept them off for me. But they are still, I think, very worthy of being yeah. mentioned and being on at least one of our lists. Uh, I'm happy that you put them in there. Yeah, I think for me, like not not even just his voice altogether. I mean, I know this kind of takes away from the frontman stuff, but just what he does behind the scenes for and sure. how he helps so many other artists too. I think that's really cool. Um, I just like when ar- artists collaborate together, and yeah, his is like helping with writing songs and stuff like that for like, you know, Taylor Swift, like a huge star, and, and same with Adele. Like you're talking about probably two of the top five female voices of the century for sure. So mm-hmm. uh, that to me is where I'm just kind of like, okay, like he was able to impact them, and they came to him for help. Like that to me speaks volumes to, to like yeah. who he is. But I guess it doesn't necessarily fall under like the how is he as a front man, but. Uh, it, it gave me the edge a little bit. It's worth it's worth bringing up though. Yeah, I will say, um, like I'm looking at some of these songs on these on these first two albums, like "All the Right Moves" and "Everybody Loves Me." I, I think maybe "All the Right Moves" might have been on the radio, but "Everybody Loves Me" I don't think it was. Those were both amazing songs. I was surprised when you said the his highest register song. I was surprised I didn't hear "Someone to Save You" because at the end of "Someone to Save You," when he like just like falsetto launches into the atmosphere yeah. on someone to save you i was like that's he he is a very very talented singer well it is the internet so that's true. it could be wrong <laughs> but i mean it's on the I'm research going off of, i'm going off of like all i know is that that's a high a high pitch he right. at the end i don't right. know if it's the highest so i just yeah that, that was the one that kind of like stood out to me from his mm. early stuff of how talented he was uh, right because he is very talented as a singer and i i i want to say someone that i know saw him live it might have been my dad actually I don't try to remember now. I don't remember exactly, but he said he was like just as good live and like a singer like him, you expect over the course of a couple of hours of singing to start to wear down and not be quite as good. And he was like, he just didn't, he was just great the whole time. So I'm sure that part of singing two hours a day helped with that. That's just just one thing I thought that was so cool. I was like, man, that's an interesting fact. Like, yeah, that's really cool. But anyway, we'll move on to your number eight, David. So my number eight, I'm assuming you're going to have higher. Um, this is where I have Adam Levine. Yeah, I have him higher. Okay. <laughs> I knew you'd probably have him higher. Number eight, come on. Yep. This is disrespectful. Well, it is. I'll talk. <laughs> it is. I'll, I'll get into it later. You're really um, going to spell out five? Nobody ever spells it out. Well, it is spelled out. That's how, that's how, they, that's how they do is it. Is it really? I've yeah. always thought it was just maroon with the number five. I, I did too. And then I looked into it and it's five. F-I-V-E. So... I, what in I the world, it. man? That, my whole entire, you know, I know. Trout, my I memories it was are shattered. Their first album is F I V E, and then the second one they just do like the the, the um Roman the numeral, but like they don't they if you look it up on like Spotify, it's F I V E. If you look it up, like so, wow. uh, oh, oh, actually, it's the number five. But like, um, one of their albums has Maroon Five with it's, it's spelled, spelled out. out. I don't remember which one it is. It's the first one, I think, but whatever it's it doesn't matter i just laugh and i said to give you a hard time because you uh, had him. that's totally fair because i have him at number eight okay well do you want to save him till yeah yeah all right we'll, so we'll, we'll move on to my... okay all right i don't know if you have this person on your list i you might i don't know i have tyson ritter from all american rejects number seven he was a really really tough cut because uh, i am so nostalgic for him and for that band okay so this is super tough cut when when i heard that you were uh more so going off of people that you liked to a certain degree versus popularity. That's what made me put him back on my list. Cause at first I didn't have him on there because popularity wise, they're not very popular. And I think no, part of the problem is their last album was like what, 2017 or something like that. Oh, I'll double check, but it was somewhere around there. You're right. Yeah. And so I think just like, it's been five years. 
I don't really think Spotify was even around at that point. Maybe oh, it was. Wow, maybe. I don't know. But like things like that, like they weren't like really trendy. So maybe that's part of the reason why they don't have as many. Alex, their last album was, was 20, 2012. Was oh, they, they, that they, long they, ago? they have put out some singles and stuff. Okay. Like EPs and singles, I think. They wow, have, I can't they, believe they put out. Out, They put out an EP with two songs on it in 2017. They put out a demo in 2018. Okay. They put out a, a, an EP with three songs on it in 2019. And then they put out a single in 2020. Okay. That's all they've done. So it's been 10 it's years been since they've had yeah. an album at all, which that's part well, of why I didn't include them. But and, go ahead and keep like that's fair. Keep giving this, this is love a, before this I, is a nostalgic pick. Uh, that, that's fair. And I, I've just I had to put them up because this is like a band that I knew every song on every album. I mean, and we listen to them together. I know yeah, that all the time. I know. Car, yeah. uh, David's Brown Oldsmobile, I believe it was yeah. Oldsmobile with the big CD case. I'll yeah. always oh, remember yeah. that. Uh, and uh, anyway, but. You know, the thing is, he got into acting, which is really interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was in a TV show called Preacher from 2016 to 2019. Uh, he's in a show now called The Idol, uh, was once a guest star on House 90210 in Smallville. Um, but interesting facts about him. He met his bandmates in high school. Uh, I think they actually started the band like right once he graduated. So that's pretty cool. They're from Oklahoma. He's a painter and you can view all of his paint work or, you know, artwork, not paintwork. What am I saying? Artwork <laughs> on Instagram. Uh, he said that his favorite song to perform live. Can you guess what it is? Oh man. Gosh. Favorite song to perform live. I'm going to guess like something like from the first album, like maybe swing, swing. It is actually, it ends tonight. That's what his favorite oh, song is. Well, I love that song. So cool. It's one of my favorites too. Yeah. Uh, was... Yeah. But he also is the, the bassist, lead vocalist, pianist, and songwriter. So like, yeah. He has a lot. You, you don't usually see a lot of lead singers play bass, which I think is probably sure. gonna be really challenging. So I thought that was really interesting as well. But I, I'm embarrassed kind of to read their following on social media. Like uh, he, he's at 69.9 followers on uh, Twitter, 61 on Instagram, 143,000 uh, on uh, for their band on Instagram and only 132,000 on Twitter. But they still get about 6.4 million listeners per month on spotify which i thought was pretty impressive especially now since you said they haven't really had a relevant yeah. album since 2012 so that's yeah. obviously a lot of people that have nostalgia for him but honestly like move along it yeah. is an incredible album and the world comes down i mean that's honestly they're they're when the world comes down and move along those albums are almost tied for me with oh, how much i like really okay i don't I mean, agree <laughs> Well, just for me, I just, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> I think move along obviously is like the one that got me hooked for yeah. sure. Um, now this is what I thought was interesting. I've been doing the song with the lowest pitch and the highest pitch, believe it or not, based on the internet, the, uh, the same song had the lowest pitch and the highest pitch. Oh, and that's a dirty little secret. Okay. Hmm. Which I'm trying to think of like what the high note was in that one, but it's maybe like when he's like, just like singing like um, yeah, ad living at the end. Yeah, yeah, that's and I was like, okay, because he usually doesn't sing like super super high, I guess. But no, maybe that's why he's he's really a baritone more than anything. But yeah, you know this this was a nostalgic pick. I had it at ten for a long time, and then I just like I was like, nah, I like him better than three that I have at eight, nine, and ten. So my yeah. passion put him up at seven, but I honestly couldn't go any higher than that. I love the uh, the nostalgia and passion behind the pick. I definitely. Yes. I loved this band in the 2000s. I actually, um, I'll, I'll call myself a hipster again, even though it wasn't because of me. I actually knew them before Move Along came out, mm. which is a rarity given that I was like 14 years old, 15. I was 15 when, uh, well, 15 or 16, depending on when it came out in the year. 
when Move Along came out, probably 15. Um, but I, there's a couple of artists that my Aunt Chrissy introduced to me. One of them was Lifehouse, and one of them was All American Rejects. She okay. also she also really loved uh, Reliant K and Switchfoot, which but I, I I happened to already know them because of the fact that they were like Christian rock bands. So anyone that knew I play guitar was like, hey, you should listen to Switchfoot, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And being being my age, when Meant to Live came out, everyone knew Switchfoot was all of a sudden because that song was huge. Yeah, but. So she showed me the All American Redux album, and I really like that album. I like that album actually a good bit more than when the world came down okay. or comes down. Uh, but Move Along is still better. Move Along is yeah, it, it's the Move better Along, album. It, I think Move Along is like one of the best albums in the in the twenty in the two thousands, like yeah. in, in that ten year era. I think it's one of the best albums in that in that ten year era. I love all the songs. I mean, like one of my favorite ones is "Straight Jacket Feeling." Like, ah, oh, I love that. Yeah, I that song is that so one. tight, it's so good. Uh, it's it's no. it's one of the most underrated ones I think that they have. Oh yeah, for sure. Because it wasn't ever. I don't think I think that album had I think five radio hits because I'm pretty sure "Night Drive" made it eventually on the, on the radio. It ends tonight. Move along, dirty little secret. So you have all of those, and I loved the chorus of the album. Um, there's really not a song on there that I skipped. And yeah, Stab um, My Back was good too. Yeah. I like that one. The first album is, is very good. It's not ad, not quite as good to me. And then the When the World Comes Down is kind of like there's some good stuff on there still, but I started to I could, I could tell they weren't quite there. And I yeah. actually have never, because of the fact that I didn't love uh when the world comes down, I never listened to kids in the street. I was a little bit nervous to like kill the, the to like kill my view of them. <laughs> Yeah, and it might be good. I don't know. I just was like nervous, and so I didn't listen to it. Well, um, it's very similar to what Boys Like Girls did, but their stuff like oh, really? they changed their genre so much. Like okay, they kind of were like rocky. Then they had like a poppy rock album, and then they were like country. It was terrible. Yeah, because uh, I like that huh. first album by them a lot. Um, yeah, me too. But other than that, like now nah, everything huh. else was just. Yeah, I honestly, the kids in the street was okay. I, I yeah. didn't care for it that much. When the world comes down, like I think they're probably their biggest song is Gives You Hell, actually. Probably on yeah. Spotify in terms of uh Listens. you know, yeah. But I really like Mona Lisa, that was a fun song. Yeah. Off yeah. that album. But you know, you're right. Move along definitely is a bigger, more popular yeah. and successful album. I mean, that album is just killer. I mean, yeah. it's so good. They have six hot one hundreds and three top tens. And I think the top tens, I don't know. I I I would assume because this is like compiling even some genre charts. So like maybe mm-hmm. it, it may have been top 10 on the rock charts or top 10 on the overall, like who knows. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if one or two of their top 10s were on the overall charts. They had some songs that were like everywhere yeah, um, off the Move Along album. So mm-hmm. th- they could have been on the, on the on the main the main charts. But either way, they definitely had some high highs, even though it was not a super um, long <laughs> length of time. Yeah. But uh, I'll go ahead and jump into my number seven. So you may not have this person, but maybe you have him higher. I, I'm not sure. So this is where I have Haley Williams from Paramore. I have him higher. Cool. Awesome. I have her higher. I feel yeah. bad. I'm just skipping no. you now. No, I like that because I really like, I I really, really love Paramore. So I'm excited that you have her higher. Yeah. Um, so then go to number six. Okay. Uh, this is Patrick Stump. Hey, well, that's, Boy. that's my number six. Okay, perfect. Patrick I will let Stump. you talk first then because okay, I have fine. been hogging the last two. So you talk <laughs> about Patrick Stump. Well, it, it'll come Fallout back Boy. I'm glad we had one that was the same. That's and, cool. Yeah, the same and in the same location. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> so the thing is with I think I think he's actually a little underrated. Is that wild? I think so too. Because so, we talked about this actually off air, but like he might not even he's not even the most famous person from his band. Yeah, he's not. It's 
it's Pete Wentz. Yeah. And so, that's because he dated Ashley Simpson. <laughs> yeah. And he's the more attractive of the two. And yes. he was in One Tree Hill. <laughs> so yes. Shout uh, out One Tree Hill. So uh, yeah. One yeah, of the show. one of the worst shows of all time. <laughs> I like uh, that show, man. I, I know. It's, it's bad acting, but I like it for what it is. Uh anyways, Pete Winst, aka no, I'm just kidding, Patrick Stump. Um, <laughs> so Fallout Boy, he does not have anything outside of Fallout Boy, just Fallout Boy. Uh, 21 songs in the Hot 100, five top tens. They've put out seven albums, no Emmy wins, and only two Emmy, uh, Emmy, gosh, Grammy. Good Lord, uh, I'm dying. Uh, no, no, no Emmy wins either, uh, and no Emmy noms, but they do have two Grammy noms. So, uh, they have two nominations. I, that was shocking to me. Out of my entire top ten, it's tied for the lowest with James Mercer, the guy you've never heard of. He also has two two Grammy nominations. I'm gonna keep saying the wrong thing. Uh, he also has two Grammy nominations. So both both Fallout Boys, Fallout Boy as a band and their lead singer have the same number of nominations as the lead singer of the Broken Bells and the Shins. Wow. Who, if you're not like a really like deep, you know, like I, I'm not surprised you don't know those bands, right? Yeah. So that to me was kind of stunning. Fewer top 100s than Lincoln Park, but more top tens, which that makes sense to me to have more top tens. Um, but I have not stayed with Fallout Boy over the last few albums, but okay. man, their first few albums, and I, I, I've heard their radio hits because you can't like, you can't not go to a sporting event and not hear um, my songs. Know what you did in the dark, right? Like you, you can't not go to a restaurant and hear not hear Centuries or some of the newer right. songs. So I've heard some of the newer songs, but I uh, haven't listened to the last three albums. I haven't listened to them all the way through uh, ever. The last one I listened to all the way through was Fale Adu, which um, maybe it's, uh, I, I, I'm assuming that's how you pronounce it. I'm not positive. I'm glad you said it because that was part of one of the things I was going to bring up. So how to pronounce that? I, I'm, well, I'm guessing based off of my well, the song with the French. lowest the song with the lowest pitch is from that album. So oh, which one is it? It is actually Head for Slide in a Cooperstown on a on a uh, bad bet. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, their titles are ridiculous. It's like reading a it. sentence. <laughs> I love it though. So that's the thing is like they are super creative. Uh, they came onto the scene in this like genre that was could have been could have been seen as kind of tired. So like they're they're pretty punk, right? But they're not yeah. like straight punk like a Blink One Eighty Two or something like that. But I mean, think about they're, they're coming onto the scene in 03, their first album. Green Day's been around for a while. Link Warren A2 has been established as like one of the top contenders in that genre. You have other bands that have been around for a while now, and they kind of came in and just like were huge within two years. Because I mean, uh, their first album did have a hit, Dead on Arrival. And I like that song a lot, but the rest of the album is kind of just like okay. And yeah. then in 05 was when they really like just destroyed things with Dance Dance, Sugar Going Down. Yeah. Um, like just that those that album kind of came out of nowhere, I feel like. And then just two years later, uh, Infinity on High came uh, out. That's my and, favorite again, album. Yeah, that's the best album. But I mean, that one has tons of hits. So you had two albums back to back just in a few in two years. And then the next year to do Fale Adu in 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 08, which I think is still a very good album. I really I like that album. Um, I don't care as the single is really strong. I really love that song. But there are other songs too that I really enjoy. I didn't take it. I, I meant to look into this. There is a lyric that they do in one of their songs. I'll try to look into it uh, before we, um, before we're done. But there's a lyric that they do that 
I'm just like only Fallout Boy and Patrick Stump could have the courage to pull off. Is it like is it a silly like nonsensical phrase? And the killers also do this every once in a while. They just put this phrase out there, and I'm like, you, why would you like think that would work? And it does work just because yeah. you have the courage to do it, and you're a good singer, and you have a good band around you. So they they are, they're very talented as a group, and I don't know how much he's involved in songwriting, but he's he's good live. Um, and the band's good live, and so like, there's not a whole lot for me to say negatively about them. Mm. I haven't kind of say with their more recent stuff, so I don't know the depth of how good those songs are beyond their radio hits. But those three albums from '05 to '08, I like pretty much start to finish. So that's that was part of why I could include them over like an All American Rejects, yeah, um, who I actually probably liked more in '05. Um, but now I think overall it's pretty clear that Fall Out Boy is a better band. Yeah, that there's no doubt about that. I mean, they've obviously had the longevity as well. And even their newer stuff that you haven't liked as much or listened to as much, it's still very well liked. You know, Light It Up is a huge song. Um, Centuries is a huge song. And actually, Centuries is the song that he gets the highest on. Um, oh, I know cool, I did the cool. lowest pitch, but that's the one that he gets the highest on. Now, I, I, I have to ask you this because I think you said he wasn't in any, he never did like a debut album or, any, or a solo album at all. According to this website that I researched, there was one that he did. It was, uh, it was after it was in 2009 when they took a hiatus. Uh, he re- he released his debut solo album called Soul Punk on October 18, 2011. It was preceded by the six song EP titled Truant Wave on February 22nd, 2011. So I don't know. No, you're right. Yeah. So okay. the problem was when I looked him up, if you if you look him up right now on Spotify, all you can find is songs that he did for. Disney Junior Marvel Spider Man stuff and the okay. Batman the, the the Lego Batman soundtrack like my entire screen is full, filled up we can't see that really yeah. it's filled up with like like not original music yeah. so I just thought he didn't do anything and so but when I look into his albums he did have an album in 2011 yeah. and he's done some uh, scores I didn't listen to it at all I but... haven't either but he did he did uh, two different movies he did, he wrote the score for it I don't know if they're um, lyric like if they have lyrics to them or not. Mm-hmm. But he did two album scores. But yeah, if you just look at his Spotify, everything is like webs up from Disney Junior, <laughs> Spider-Man and Friends, <laughs> and then like <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. So I was like, oh, he, may, he must not have done anything outside of like some contract work with Disney, basically. Right. Yeah, honestly, I didn't even realize I had this as one of my fun facts because I was getting these all together a while ago. Yeah. And then when you said that I was reading, I said, oh, maybe he did. I, but I don't know. But no, you're right. He, he also produced albums for artists, uh, including Cobra Starship and Gym Class Heroes, which oh, I thought was interesting. Interesting, yeah. And I don't know if you knew this or not, but he originally played the drums in various local Chicago power, violence, and hardcore punk bands. There's about four or five of them that he actually played the drums for. So did not know that. Uh, did not know he played the drums either. So oh. I would love to see. I'm sure if they're if you've been to a concert, he's probably played at at a time or two the drums and sang a song or something just for the heck of it. Yeah. But, I don't, I've never been to one of their concerts. I know some people have, but that's, I thought that was really interesting as well. But I like the way his voice sounds because it's very unique, very good. It doesn't sound like one you would like put with a rock band from that era. It almost kind of has like, would you say it kind of has like a bluesy sound to it a little bit? He, he can do that. Yeah. yeah. It's just kind of what you're, but it's just kind of unique. It's not like one of like the British sounding voices either. So I think that that's because a lot of the like the bigger rock bands from this, era are kind of like from europe right like arctic several, monkeys, like, yeah yeah so like 
I mean, it's kind of cool to find American artists too, like that. But I, I honestly like they're just so good, man. Like I, I love a lot of it. This is a nostalgia pick too for me, just growing up listening to their stuff. Yeah. Did you did you guys have Comcast growing up or cable? I don't think so. I don't remember though. Do you remember the Indiana Music Channel? That it sounds to, it sounds so, familiar. <laughs> we had Comcast. It was like channel ninety one or something like that, or ninety three. Yeah, there's and a, uh, or ninety nine. Like ninety something. I don't remember. Yeah, and I remember me and my sister used to watch all the time during the summer. And thanks for the memories was always one of the music videos played on there. And I'm like, this song is so awesome. But uh, that's awesome. You know that that's just like the nostalgia of it. But no, I really just like his voice a lot. The new stuff, you're right. I don't like it nearly as much. I still like it, like because cool. I, I just like his voice. But yeah, um, the 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 rockier stuff is more my style for him, yeah. though, for sure. They're, they're just a really good band altogether. Yeah, I would definitely agree. Okay, cool. I, so that, that means they had eight albums. Well, he has eight albums because he okay. has seven with Fall Out Boy and the one one solo album. But really, if you count those, he 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 wrote the scores for two movies, so it's really ten albums. Wow. So like that's that's pretty that's pretty unique. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And I haven't I haven't listened to those, so I don't know if they're just um if they're like orchestral or if they're just like songs with no lyrics or if you know whatever. So there are some bands like Daft Punk has done some um some soundtrack scores. Um, M eighty three has done some, and and all of those don't have lyrics, but mm. their other stuff does have lyrics. So I don't know if he went if he went that direction or if he uh, wrote some songs that have lyrics. So either way, though, um, he's talented and he should be on the list. So it's a pretty fitting way to to go ahead and f- finish up our t- our bottom fives here is to have the same person with the same number. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break here. We'll come back and do our five through one in just a second. And welcome back. So before we get into our top five, we're going to go ahead and do some honorable mentions as well as uh, some people that got left off for different reasons. So for me, a few uh, Dave Grohl was a huge one. Mm-hmm. I, I know that you, 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 you and I talked about um, the Foo Fighters and Dave Grohl. Three albums before 2000, though, and their best album is before 2000. So it's kind of hard to include him. For me, uh, Rivers Cuomo from Weezer would have definitely been on my list, but they have two albums before 2000, one of which is the Blue Album, which is their best album as well. Um, an interesting one that I wasn't sure if I would include or not was Rob Thomas. From Matchbox Twenty mm. has, a lot, has a lot of solo stuff, but his number one song was before two thousand, the uh, smooth with him and Santana, and one of their albums was before two thousand. So there was a few different reasons to not include him, but he has nineteen number one hits. Uh, Dave Grohl has eleven, so you know some good good bands there. There are a couple of bands that I are from in that I did not include because their bands are basically just one person. Okay, <laughs> so. Uh, Death, Death Cab for Cutie, love that band. Um, the lead singer also has a band called uh, The Postal Service, which is a little bit more of a band. But Death Cab for Cutie is basically just Benjamin Gibbard by himself. And it's just like his little thing. I love it, but it's not really a front man if it's just you, right? So I didn't count them. Also, um, Anthony Gonzalez from M83 is basically just one guy. They didn't start off that way, but it's basically just one guy where they uh he like brings another artist to come do a song with him yeah uh, the same kind of way daft punk does and i didn't include daft punk both because pre pre-2000 and there's not really a frontman it's two of them so um other people that had m- multiple people that was kind of hard to determine who was a frontman. people like uh the avid brothers were, were one 
Snow Patrol has a has a frontman Gary Lightbody, but it's just like they had an album before two thousand. Um, there's some things like that where he kind of is the band also. Um, the big one that I almost cheated to include is Jack White from the White Stripes, mm. which you mentioned earlier. White Stripes, the Rack on Tours, the Dead Weather. So he has three bands. He's put out a crap ton of albums in that time. He also has like three or four solo albums. I don't remember how many albums the White Stripes have, but they have several. The Dead Weather has one or two albums. Rack on Tours, I think, has three albums. And then he has like three or four solo albums. So it's like 12 albums or something crazy. Um, the first one, though, is pre-1999. So I thought about just like saying, oh, well, <laughs> like just break the rule for this one person. Mm-hmm. And um, that one album doesn't even really have too many hits. It is not their best album or anything. But I started diving into some of his solo stuff. And it's just not really my style. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the White Stripes. And I actually like the Back on Tours probably a little bit more. But it was like I was looking for reasons to make the list shorter and make it easier to to to, to create. And so that was just just following that rule was one easy way to just say, okay, if I just follow the rule, then I can just not include him and not have to worry about, you know, does yeah. he make it, you know, whatever. I, I'm afraid that some of my honorable mentions about being your top five, so I'm not sure if I should share oh. them or not. Well, um, if, you, if you want to hold off, you can. I'm I'll, sh- sure I'll share a couple I don't think are in there. ones that you think are not going to be in there, yeah. I, I Definitely one that I was thinking about putting on the list, and I kind of told you about, but not too, too much, was Gary Laveau from Rascal Flats. I just oh, feel like yeah. if we wanted to give like homage to country artists, like Rascal Flats has probably been the most consistent and popular band from that time uh, sure. another one and this is a female voice amy lee from evanescence yeah um, i thought about her but i really only know a few of their songs so yeah and like, that's the same way here but like they had a good little run there some of the other ones i'm not sure if you have on your list i don't want to say too yeah. too much one that i'll throw out there if you have them on there i'm sorry i don't think you have them on there uh, uh gerard way from my chemical romance I do I, not. He's an honorable mention. Okay. So okay. I was like, like, yeah, but I didn't think he would be top five um, based off of your list. Yeah. But some of the other ones, I'm a little nervous to say. And, <laughs> that's and, and if they are, then I'll say that's an honorable mention I had. I just don't yeah. want to spoil the list sure. any more than I've already done already. So uh, I do have a couple other ones. Don't react if you have them on your list. Yeah. So Gerard Way was one of them. He's very talented. Just I've kind of fallen out with that style a little bit. Yeah. In terms of once I got a little bit older, a little bit more like secure in my life <laughs> like there, i, I felt the same way listening back to him you know and part of it is i i you know the black parade i still think i can i can go back and listen, like listen to that album and it kind of takes me back to high school yeah uh, i'm not sure how healthy that is but it does um <laughs> but i still really love that album and it's really good and he's very talented so but it's just like it was tough to find a place for him given what i was trying to do with my list and one good album is not really enough for me um, they hadn't done a lot, so I, I thought about maybe including him in that Chester Bennington slot. But Lincoln Park's mm. done a lot more; it has a lot more. Um, Drawway has ten Hot 100s, only one top ten, which is of course the Black Parade. I also thought about Jared Leto, who is an actor, but yes, lead singer of Thirty Seconds to Mars. Yeah, that just, was one of mine too. On an honorable mention, I wasn't sure. I just, I just can't stand him as a person. Yeah, I, I get it. It's purely personal. Uh, <laughs> It isn't. It's the opposite of the phrase. It's not personal. It's just business. It's literally. It's just personal. Um, it's not business. <laughs> yeah. There. This is war. I think is the album that's really really good. The album yeah, before it's... that is solid though. It's a little bit more rock. A little bit more like maybe MCR, but it's still really good. He's just kind of a trash person. So I don't. I didn't want to include him. Yeah. Um. 
also thought about Julian Casablancas from The Strokes. I thought about uh, Matt Schultz, the lead singer from Cage the Elephant, who is shockingly good live. I didn't think they'd be good live. Really good live. Um, I thought about Brad Arnold from Three Doors Down. I really was a big fan of them early on and oh, yeah. kind of have fallen off from them. And they're also kind of super consistent in terms of they just always kind of sound the same. Like mm. it, they, they are kind of boring to me. Yeah, they are um, boring, but I like their music. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying I'm same way. Uh, last couple, the Black Keys frontman Dan Auerbach. I just don't know their stuff well enough, but they're very talented. I really like them. Um, I did not include Dan Reynolds from Imagine Dragons. I think you might, which is fine. Um, and then the, the biggest one that I really wanted to mention, there's a band called Young the Giant. They're newer. They have like four albums, maybe. They are amazing, and I love them. Their frontman is Samir Gadia, and I thought about including him just to give him a shout-out. And I went mm-hmm. with James Mercer at number 10 just because he's in two bands that I like a lot, and this guy's yeah. only in one. And actually, um, James Mercer has those two Grammy nominations. Um, Samir and his band, Young the Giant, has none. And they only have two Hot 100s, whereas Broken Bells and Shins had more than that. So I was able to like, you know, they had four uh, four Hot 100s and they had two top 10s. So they had a little bit more reason for me to bump them up over Young the Giant. But I just really love that band. I want to give them a shout out. Yeah, last one I'll give a shout out to is John Foreman from Switchfoot. Yeah, I thought about him for sure. Yeah, they've they've been around though for a while, so I couldn't do it, obviously. But yeah. uh, I I grew up liking that music a lot. Yeah, you know. I still and, like a lot of their newer stuff too. Yeah, it's it's good. Um, he's got a great voice. It's really yeah. cool. Um, but yeah, uh, we same can with Reliant K. Right. So, yeah, uh, we can get into our top five sure. now if you want. Do sure. you want to start it off this time, or do you want me to go? Um, I'll go. Why not? Okay. Let's just switch it up this time. So my number five. This is where I have Marcus Mumford from Mumford and Sons. Okay, that was an honorable mention. I didn't mention because I yeah. figured he was on your list. So yeah, he is on my list, just uh, kind of in the middle. I thought about putting him below Fall Out Boy, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, because I listened to his new solo album last night on the way to my in-laws with my wife. And she also is a huge Mumford and Sons fan. They are really great live, um, like almost shockingly good live. Very talented musicians. Marcus Mumford is a very talented musician, a very talented songwriter. However, his solo album is dull. It's so boring. Mm-hmm. It's very samey. And it's just like we were listening to it. And we were just at one point I was like, we're halfway through the album and she's like what <laughs> and she's like i thought we were on like song three like no it's like seven like it was just because it was just so much the same she couldn't even tell when the songs were changing and stuff uh it just there's not a great solo performance so that was a bit of a reason why i didn't want to include him much higher and then also um their newest album is not bad but it's definitely the worst of their four so to me their first album is really good their second album is amazing the third album is back to being just really good. Then their fourth album is like, take it or leave it. It's like kind of 50-50 to me. It's not bad, but I don't, I'm not really super interested in it. Um, as, yeah. a, as, a, as a front man, as a band, though, they have five um, five albums. They have 13 Grammy nominations. Oh, wow. Which blew me away for how new they are. Um, two Grammy wins. And uh, in terms of the, the charts, they have 12 Hot 100 and then no top 10s and no number ones. So... Um, so far, no one that I mentioned has, has had any number ones, but there will be some later on that you will mention that we will mention that has number ones. But mm. um, the Grammy nominations and the Grammy wins were something that really stood out to me. So I kind of had to keep that in, in, into consideration when I was going between like six or five or seven or whatever. 
Yeah, so I kept him off, not because I don't like him. It's because I was just I wasn't big on Mumford and Sons at first when they came out. Yeah, I guess I kind of just got tired of the radio hits after a while because you heard the same one all the time. Yeah, exactly. And I was actually telling you this not too long ago. I was like, when you actually listen to more of their stuff that's not like popular, I actually like it more. I agree. And so it was one of those ones where I was just kind of late to the party, and so I kind of felt bad leaving him off but <laughs> definitely was like uh, I, th- I think david's gonna have him on there so i don't feel too bad leaving him off so no, we can still fine. talk about him but yeah this is when i just wasn't like super well known like i, I didn't know them very well yeah in, in terms of like my experience of listening to them so i was like yeah i was I'm, i know that sam salus is a huge mumford and sons fan i'm not sure uh, if he still is but i know he, he was for a while yeah because yeah, i remember like him talking about him. I think he even played some of their songs on the guitar a little bit uh yeah. if i'm not mistaken but uh you know i I do like them, so I don't have a problem with them up here. And they're sure. on, they're an honorable mention, very close to the top of my honorable mentions list. So, no, I uh, I'm glad that you put them on there. And I was listening to some of their music today and taking some notes on them, um, in, in case you know I had to talk more in depth about them. Yeah, and yeah, I found some stuff I really liked. I will just say this overall: I think they have incredible dynamics. Yeah, with their music, they know when to like have certain hits at certain times, know yeah. when to pull stuff out when to bring in the banjo at the right time. Like they're just incredibly dynamic, like the dynamics of each song. Like yeah. It's so impressive to kind of hear how they're, you know, musically able to just make a song have so much life. That's, that's something I love about them and, yeah. and Coldplay. I think both of them do a job of building a song and then cutting it and then coming back in full force when it, when it wins the right moment. And it kind of has that dynamic, like you're saying. So they, they are very good at that. Yeah, I was going to say like a couple, like the song that I love the most probably from the, the whole time that I've listened to their music recently was Believe. Okay, uh, yeah. I love that Good. song and I really like The Cave as well. Yeah. Uh, those are two that I really liked. And then Babel, I think that's a really yeah. fun song too. It is really good. You know, I, I gave some descriptive, uh, listen to the song. I said, it's a super fun, chunky, acoustic, folky sound. <laughs> then some banjo in the uh, the verses, carries the music, love the interludes and intro, uh, well-time hits, at some growl to his voice in the second verse yeah. after it gets heavy it dies down then screams tear uh, tear them down with a stronger yeah. growl i was like these dynamics are just fantastic so uh no definitely someone that i was just too late to the party to change my list at that point that's fine but i probably would consider them in the top 10 for sure uh would not be opposed to taking like a guy like alex turner out since i didn't have much depth on my list besides that one album sure um, going to go into your number five. Yeah, though. sorry. Number five That's for good. me, you said it as an honorable mention. It was Dan Reynolds from Imagine okay. Dragons. Cool. Only reason why I actually really like Imagine Dragons, and this is one of the ones that I was talking to you about a little bit where I said I really actually like their popular stuff. And I know that you say popular is not always uh, a good thing, but I think with them it is. They have a yeah, lot of it is a them. lot of great songs. Like their first album, 2012, just like took off. Like it yeah. was fantastic. My favorite song from them is "It's Time" uh, from that album as well. So they've already had five albums. They've had three extra albums. You know, some live versions, stuff like that. But they got 54.2 million monthly listeners on Spotify, which is I think the second highest on my list of all of my artists. So I thought that's pretty impressive. Wow. He's got 1.2 million followers on Instagram. The band has 5.7 on Instagram and 5.6 on Twitter, which I thought was interesting because Twitter is usually less when you look at like overall, like who follows what on social media. But yeah. so they just have a lot of really, I really like his voice. Um, he re- actually wrote an EP uh, with the leader of uh, uh, with the lead singer 
of uh, Nico Vega. I've never heard of this person, but I thought it was interesting. Um, titled Egyptian. So I thought it's kind of cool that he kind of veered off and did some other stuff yeah. besides just the band, uh, Imagine Dragons. Uh, vocal range, his lowest pitch can be heard on On Top of the World, which mm-hmm. is on Night Visions, and his highest pitch can be heard on Monday, which is one of their newer albums, uh, Acts 1 and 2 from 2022. Uh, and like I said, I don't like their newer stuff as much as like the 2012 and the 2017 album. Those two albums are just killer. Uh, but I, I like this band a lot. And I will say this because I like John Foreman a lot. I heard some tones of John Foreman in Reynolds' falsetto stuff. Yeah, I can hear very, that. very similar. And I was like, man, that kind of sounds like John Foreman at times. So I, I really like their music, Imagine Dragons, all together. But the fact that they've been so good and so popular, and they've only been around for ten years, I thought that was pretty impressive as well. Yeah, definitely is. I just um, they're one of those bands that when they first came out, I listened to that first album. I did like it, but I wasn't like necessarily blown away by it. Mm. And then Smoke and Mirrors, their second album, I didn't really care about much either way. And so I haven't really come back to them. Yeah, so, I get it. I get uh, it. So, some of it's ignorance in terms of like, not listening to their stuff yet. So I don't really even know. Yeah. Um, and some of it is just like, it It feels like, my probably my biggest criticism of them is like, it feels like they're always going for the hit. And I mm. don't mean, I mean like they're always going for this anthem epic like moment and like just write some songs <laughs> yeah <laughs> it feels like they're always going not always and the night visions is not always like that but some of the stuff yeah. and some of the, that i've heard otherwise is like you're always trying to write this big epic um um like arena anthem and i don't know why you can't just write a normal song now it's fine to have arena arena anthems but like do some do some some variation here and it feels like they're just trying to always go for these big like epic moments where mm-hmm. i'm like i don't know that isn't like who you are necessarily i don't know no, you're right. And I think I think you actually sent me this song when I was actually listening to it already was Nothing Left to Say yeah. slash Rocks. And it kind of gives like a Stranger Things vibe like sure. music wise. And we were just like, I was like, bro, this is a nice song. I really like this. And that's from uh, the 2012 album. Yeah, um, it was super Night unique. Visions. I had never I hadn't I didn't remember it. I don't, I don't I just like I hadn't remembered it and really loved it. And mm. they do have some other good songs on that album that are not quite as they're trying to be grand, you know. Um, but they just, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't dislike them. I don't feel like they don't deserve to be on here or anything like that. It just yeah. wasn't quite exactly, mm-hmm. um, my, my favorite when they first came out. So I'm kind of behind on some of their stuff. Right. And then the last thing I'll say, sure. I also really like the song walking the wire. I don't know if that's a popular one or not, but every time I listen to that song, when I'm listening to that album, it just like always catches me and I find myself singing the melody with it. So I, I like that song a lot. And then another one uh, that I liked is called gold as well. Um, it's got some cool, like kind of like funky sound to it. So yeah, yeah. I mean, they're Dan Reynolds. Like, I I was kind of surprised how many listeners they had in terms of like Spotify, yeah. comparing them to like who I have as like you know looking at like the top four that I have and like them being almost as high as you know as somebody like at number one in terms of monthly listeners. I was like, okay, I feel like I got to give them something. That's why I said yeah. that sometimes the monthly listeners and you know fan a follower or the followers on social media did uh sway me a little bit in terms of how i ranked them yeah that's fair i think just to kind of try to include all aspects right Mm -hmm. um so i'll go ahead and go into my number four i don't think you have this person which is fine but i think that they are actually somehow underrated but also kind of surprised me in some of their um some of the information i found so i have uh caleb followill here from kings of leon okay so they have been around a little bit longer than Mumford and Sons. 
also took a little bit longer to get going in terms of popularity, but eight albums. Um, they actually have 12 Grammy nominations, so one less Grammy nomination, but they have four wins. They have more Grammy wins than anybody on my list except for one person on my list, which you can probably figure that out. Um, <laughs> so like, and it's one more than Maroon 5. They have okay. one more Grammy wow. win five, which to me was like what? <laughs> and, I, and I much I much prefer Kings of Leon, just to be to be to be totally honest. I much prefer yeah. Kings, of, Kings of Leon, but they're not as popular. So to like to contrast that, they only have five Hot 100 songs, one top ten. So like the uh, critics and the like the community likes their stuff, but the pop like the the people maybe don't as much stick with their stuff. Now they do have a, a a good like a strong following that's like they're one of those bands that has a following that is like like committed right. So there are other bands that are, have the same kind of thing where you have a tight group of people that just come see you all the time play live. Um, but they've been putting out albums since '03. They put out an album last year, so they've still been really with it. I actually haven't heard that album yet from last year, but they have been putting out good albums. I would say like at least four really really good albums out of the eight and i haven't listened to one of those eight so um and even the one from 2016 which is the the newest one before the one that i haven't heard i wouldn't say it's great but it has some really good songs on it um he's such a such a unique vocalist and is like it's, it's you can tell it's deliberate so there's some people that i hear and i'm like I don't know about that. <laughs> you know, it seems kind of put on. It seems kind of like you either just can't sing and you're making up for it. So a good example is um, the uh, front man from Cage the Elephant. So he, uh, Matt Schultz is his name. I heard his stuff. I loved their, their early stuff. It was really fun, uh, cool new rock stuff. And when, when I when, when I was headed to see them live, I, they were opening for a band that I like more than them. Um, and so I was like, well, I'll just, who cares? Like if they're, if they're good, then it's then great. If they're not good, then that's fine because I'll see the the lead band will be good. But I just assumed that his voice was so unique that it couldn't possibly be good live, that it must be manufactured to some extent or must be doctored in the studio. And he sounds exactly the same live. And Caleb Followell is the same way. He does some stuff that you're like, you are deliberately doing these unique things that, and yeah, sure, your range is not amazing. Um, but you are doing things with your voice that other people would not think to do because you're more creative than them. <laughs> um, and that is a big part of who they are as a band. Great songwriters um, and great chemistry, obviously, with the, the, the aspect of them being brothers of Caleb. And I don't, I don't remember his other, the other, um, the other brother, but uh, what, what his first name is. But um, they're just super talented. And I've always, I've really enjoyed them pretty much since, um like only by the night was the album that really kind of yeah. got got big and that was in the mid 2000s like oh seven oh eight yeah 2008 since, since then yeah since then I've, i i went back and listened to some of their old stuff and it's not that stuff is not really for everybody i wouldn't say um but there's some really good stuff on their old stuff but that album the album before i think is really great and then the two two that follow it i think are really 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 good albums if you um they're a more like traditional rock in a time that there's not a whole lot of that right you get mm. like folk rock you get punk rock you get pop rock you don't have a lot of straight rock and roll unless it's from somewhere other than america like you were saying with your with, with the arctic monkeys and yeah. kings of leon is like the american rock band of the 2000s or at least one of the big ones 
I mean, you, 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 you mentioned the Foo Fighters, but they got started a long time before 2000. So mm. it's kind of hard to to um, include them in this list. So um, I think they definitely are deserving in terms of rock and roll, but just in terms of a front man, he's very talented too. So Yeah, no, I, I think you bring up some great points. And for me, uh, this is a tough one because with Kings of Leon, like I love Only by the Night. That, that album, album is insane. <laughs> And I remember listening to it all the time uh, yeah. when I was in high school and stuff, and even after high school. But I just didn't really listen to anything else after. I yeah. don't know why. I just kind of like never really searched to like find more of their new stuff. And part of it was like when their new album came out in 2010, I was probably, you know, about to be a senior and other things were more important to me than that kind of stuff at the time for whatever reason. I don't know. I just, they weren't one that I stayed with, but I liked their music. And I actually meant, I was like, Oh, Kings of Leon definitely got to look up their front man for this exercise and then I just forgot about it I guess so <laughs> I feel bad like when I saw that I was like oh yeah I, I didn't even know what the guy's name was that's how bad yeah. it is for me and I guess that's part of the thing it's like I didn't even know who it was now a lot of people probably do so it doesn't really matter what I know or don't know but uh, Kings of Leon I think they have a great sound from when I listen to them like I said I haven't been that well versed with their other albums but only by the night I mean that's one of their songs almost has like a billion listens, I think, uh, from that album. So it, it's, yeah. um, you know, it's a really good album overall. So definitely, I think, worthy of being on this list. Yeah. I don't know if I'd put them in top five, but yeah. I'm sure you'll say the same about my number four. <laughs> <laughs> and this one was actually like, I've I've liked this band for a while. I just never like searched them out. And then when I started listening to more of their stuff, I'm like, man, I, I love this guy's voice. And this is Brendan Urie from Panic at the Disco. Okay. So part of why I didn't include him is that they were one of the people that is kind of a one-man band. Yeah. Now, the first album is not. So I know like Brooke is listening like, no, 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 the first album is not. But basically, I think, and I think maybe the newest album or two is not as well. But like for a long stretch of time, they were a one-man band. And I didn't feel like looking up. <laughs> I didn't feel like looking up what, how much of them were one person and how much of them were like, you know, was the best songs. And so I, I actually talked to Brooke about it and she was like, well, I think the first album was not, was more than just him. Yeah. So, and which that's probably their best album. I, I don't know. I haven't listened to a lot of their stuff. So go ahead and tell, you know, what drew them, drew you to them. All I'll say is like, I didn't, I enjoyed their first album and then kind of never came back to them. Yeah, so honestly, I think part of the reason I liked them when they first came out is they had a very similar sound to Fall Out Boy. Yes. And part of the reason was they had the same producers for both okay. at the time for their albums. So it kind of makes sense why they had that similar sound. But I think one of the things that I liked about them was like they kind of had that Fall Out, Fall Out Boy sound early on. But as time went on, he kind of adapted to today's more modern pop style of music with like, Hey, look, Ma, I made it, uh, you know, high hopes. Like these songs have yeah. billions of like listens, like mainstream stuff. They still get, they get 23 point, uh, 23 million listeners per month on Spotify, which is really pretty good. He's got 3.9 million followers on Instagram and 2 million on Twitter. The band has 4 million on uh, Instagram and 2.8 on Twitter. So just slightly above uh, Brendan Urie himself nominated for 71 awards winner, uh, winners of 24, However, they've only been nominated for three Grammys and they've not won one. So that was a little bit of a knock, but I, I just love his voice so much. I think his range is incredible. And the style of some of their songs, like I just, 
I'm not really one that's hard to please when it comes to listening. If if it's if I turn it on and it's catchy and I like the sound of it, like I will say my favorite album by far is The Death of a Bachelor. I think that's 2016. Um, it's got some like rock feel to it, but it also kind of has like some Broadway feel to it. And he kind of uh-huh. mixes it together. Yeah. So if you actually listen to that song, The Death of a Bachelor, like I think you'd be like, okay, like I can see why someone would like this. That might not be your style, David, but uh, you know, I thought it was really cool. He was also featured on Taylor Swift's song, Me, from her album Lover. Uh, so she doesn't usually do a whole lot of collaborations on her stuff. So when she does, I find it interesting who she picks and why she picks them. Uh, now, I will say one of the most impressive things I've heard from him <laughs> This is going to sound crazy. The Frozen 2 soundtrack. <laughs> he sings a song called uh, Into I the Unknown. I didn't know that was him. Okay. I know he, that song that was very good, but I didn't know that was him. And the notes that he hits in that song are unreal. Yeah, it's crazy. So I'm just, I'm more blown away by his voice overall. I just <laughs> like how, I love his range. Um, the lowest pitch from one of his uh, songs, it's on Death of a Bachelor album. It's actually called The Impossible Year. But the song with the highest pitch is Death of a Bachelor. Oh, that's funny. And if you if you hear it, you'll be like, okay, like I this guy's got some like major vocal range. So um I actually I yeah, I wrote this down. It said Yuri is undoubtedly a tenor given his bright boyish tone and natural comfort in the tenor uh area while he performs intense vocal work like that of Freddie Mercury, his voice is relatively light and picks up distortion easily. So I thought that was really cool when someone was describing his voice, but with that being said, I didn't expect you to have him on your list. I, I just was like, nah, David's like, I'm putting Brendan Urie on his list. And then you didn't mention him in honorable mentions. I said, oh, he's going to hate this number four pick. But no, I don't hate it. I just literally discounted him because from my research, it looks like three of their eight albums were with a band. And then the, the newest five are just Brendan Urie. Oh, so wow. to, me, uh, to me, it was just like, I, I, I don't at all care that you didn't. If you, had done, if you hadn't followed this rule, it's fair. totally fine. I, I don't think it really matters. But to me, it was like, if it's a one-man band, is it really a front man or is it just a, a solo act? So I, 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 I like didn't count other bands that's for, having, fair. for having one person only. So I just did it for them, too. Uh, that's fair. And honestly, this is going to sound naive, but I didn't even realize that. Uh, yeah. I, I, mean, I just didn't pay attention. I just I didn't, about, I didn't about them for a while. And then I, once I realized that some of my other favorite bands only had one person, I like started to like dig into, like, is, is that a common thing? And I, I just found, oh, yeah, was Panic at the Disco is one person, and mm-hmm. some other bands that you wouldn't think about um, are kind of just one person, and then they just record all, you know, in their studio. So yeah, but he's so, definitely talented. So it's it's yeah. he's, he's worthy of being on the list. Yeah, and honestly, like I just love his voice so much. I think it's so cool. Like it's so different. It's very different than Patrick Stump. So it's kind of weird that they had a very similar sound. Yeah, as Fallout Boy, but it's more so the music. I think I just and his voice is is I just think it's unique, but. Um, I, I feel like I'm more poppy in terms of what I probably gravitate to towards while you're more kind of like folky and rock. Yeah. So this is what makes our list so different. But yeah. the thing is, I like all of it, which is just bizarre because I'm just I'm uh, but overall, I just I, I, I really like his voice. Yeah, I think his voice is, is very good, very talented. So I'm not at all mad about that. Uh, just to like give you an example of the, the, the differences in our list. I'll give you my number three, okay? Someone I know you're not going to have, but he's perhaps the most talented person out of the 20, or not or not quite 20. We're going to end up having about, uh, we're going to end up having like four, I think, commonalities. Four commonalities, yeah. So I think this person is the most talented person that we're going to mention today. And that's Matthew Bellamy from Muse. 
Yeah, Math- I can't. Math- he was an honorable mention that I didn't bring up because okay, I cool. figured he was on your list. So he's a classically trained pianist who also tops the best guitar player of the 20th, 21st century lists. So he's an incredible guitar player who is probably the best guitar player out of any of these people that play guitar and also is probably a better piano player than anyone else that plays piano mm-hmm. on our lists. <laughs> so he is an insane musician, also has an insane voice, uh, very grateful, great falsetto, high highs, low lows. He knew all of it. He has always been really impressive to me. Now I do understand like the style of music is not for everybody um, to give people kind of a, an example. I saw them live incredible live. I saw them live for the resistance tour, which is their biggest album. So probably the perfect time to see them live. But since then they've kind of been on the decline to me. I have listened to all their stuff. Um, I've kept up with all their stuff. Their second, the album after from resistance is the second law still pretty solid. And then after that, it's been kind of really, really hit or miss for me. There's some moments where they break through with a song that I really like, but overall it's been a little bit um, lacking from what I expect from them. However, their early albums, I do really love and have always loved. And uh, I forgot actually, but this does break my pre-2000 rule. Their first album was 1999, but I don't care. For number one, it had it had no like radio hits from it. I don't believe their first okay. like their first radio hit was their cover of "Feeling Good" from from '01, and then in '04 is when they really really like kind of broke out. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> they're they're right. he's talented enough that I'm not going to worry about it. Uh, so for me, it's a matter of c- combining the fact that he's a, an exceptional showman, an exceptional frontman in terms of live concerts like incredible also literally plays two instruments for the band really well and is an incredible singer and from to my knowledge is like their main songwriter so he kind of is the heart and soul of the band as as we will talk about with other people in our top three or four um but without being the only person in the band um i mean just to give you some examples like most people know uprising right Mm. that was probably their biggest hit or maybe you, you might know Nice of Sidonia. Um, you might know the, what was the song from? Madness. You definitely Mad, know well, Madness. Well, Madness is pretty big. That's, that's a little bit more poppy, not like pop mm-hmm. per se, but for their stuff, more poppy. Yes. You might know um, the song Butterflies and Hurricanes, I think is the, that's the one from Twilight, right? Um, I think it's I, one from, the, from the baseball scene from Twilight. I it can't remember. I've seen that, but I can't remember. I can't remember. That's fine. It actually might be Supermassive Black Hole. I don't they got a that. lot of stuff. So I they mean, have a lot of good songs, but either way, whatever you think about like is the, the genre, they wrote a three-part symphony. Oh, and wow. it's about it's the end of the Resistance album and it is beautiful <laughs> and it is amazing and it's <laughs> him playing classical piano along with like their bassist is very talented, their drummer's very talented, he plays the piano and it's very like their and their piano and all their stuff is not ever like rock piano. It's very like classical. It's a very strange combination, but it works for for me. And I think it just shows off their talent. The one thing, the last thing I'll say, when I saw them live, I was headed this this way with the story and I got sidetracked. The connection that I made, there were several around just around me where I was standing, several fans of the band Rush, which is also very like unique very strange, but uber talented musicians. Um, and not for everybody, but the people that loved that three-part band were coming to see Muse. And there were some people there that were Rush fans that they were like, they hadn't 
heard Muse before. And their buddy was like, just trust me. We like Rush. You're going to like this band. Yeah. And then they, they, they loved the show. So I just happened to kind of be like uh, eavesdropping to some extent on that experience, which is pretty cool to me that like these guys just came to this show just because their friends said they're, they're, they're kind of like a modern day Rush. Yeah. So that to me was kind of cool. But I understand why they wouldn't be for everybody. That's why I didn't have him number one or even number two, even though I think he's probably the most talented person on the list. He's mm-hmm. not my favorite. And he's not, he's certainly not, not the most popular. Um, they have, they do have nine albums. They do have seven Grammy noms. They do have two Grammy wins. So they do have some wins, but they only have three hot 100 songs and zero okay. top tens, zero number ones. And that's not surprising to me. They're not the most popular, but they're very talented. You actually introduced this band to me, if I'm not oh, mistaken. Nice. So I kind of had a feeling that you might have them on your list, uh, Muse, that is. Yeah. And I actually wrote him down as an honorable mention because I was like, I really remember liking their stuff when me and you used to talk about it a little bit because it was in that time frame when Madness, that album came out and the one before that with Uprising. Like I liked them then, but I just kind of fell off the cliff with listening to their stuff. Sure. And I was like, when we were doing this exercise, like I actually was going to go back and listen to it all. And I started listening to some of their music and I was like, ugh. It's it, so strange. It, it's like, it's just it, not though. me. It's not me. I said, but I know it's David fine. really likes him. So I'm sure he's going to have him on his list. And uh, I was like, I don't want to just like put him on my list because I know David likes him. So <laughs> That's like, fair. I, I could totally see myself doing that just because like your mind's like, uh, you know what people like and you're trying to like do this list together. But at, at the same time, you're trying to do your own unique thing. And I just like people on my list better uh, sure. in terms of personal preference. But That's totally fair. Uh, for me, number three, this is where we're going to get into the- our commonalities here and this okay. is who you had at number seven Haley williams from paramore sure go ahead and talk uh, about her yeah so i mean i grew up loving paramore uh they came out first album was 2005 last album was 2017 but really that 2017 album is kind of drastically different it is it's very strange i don't really care for it to be honest with you yeah me neither uh the last album i really liked was 2013 uh, and that was just titled paramore uh yeah, so that was good yeah, so they've only had five albums. It's kind of weird. She, her Twitter is deactivated, even though uh, it's in the band's like hmm. handle, whatever. But she's got 3.1 million followers on Instagram. Uh, me and you discovered today that she actually has two solo albums, which I didn't even know about. So They're not very good. <laughs> yeah, I listened to one. I was like, this is kind of interesting, but whatever. Obviously, the album that I think everybody probably likes the most is Riot. So good. It is like <laughs> songs one through, I don't even remember how many are. I think it's like 12 or 11, maybe. Yeah. But like, I listened to that album front to back multiple times. It's an incredible album. Now, and I don't even think my favorite song is from that album. It might be from uh, Brand New Eyes. I love All I Wanted Was You. It's so good, though. Yeah, that's a great song. (laughs) It's insane. So I love that. Uh, They have won one Grammy. They were nominated for four. And uh, they've been nominated overall for 69 awards. And they've won 25 altogether. Uh, the lowest pitch for her was misery business and her highest pitch was let the flames begin. Okay. And this is what, uh, one of the, when I looked up, like, how would you describe Haley Williams voice on, uh, the internet? That's what they said. Williams is a strong vocalist with many notable and admirable vocal traits. While she perhaps has a tendency to push her voice too far. She also compensates for this by dialing back performances just as often. She seems to have developed an approach that allows her to pursue demanding repertoire and sounds, but uh, preserve her artistic vision and voice. So uh, honestly, like I needed a female on my list because I love hearing 
uh, just as much as I like guys' voices, I, I really like listening to women sing as well. Yeah. And one person that we didn't bring up that was an honorable mention that I didn't put on here was uh, Florence Welsh from Florence and the Machine. Florence and the Machine, yeah. Very yeah, I, very close to make, making my top 10 because she, she's like kind of like a one-man band too in a sense, I yeah. guess. Which might be why you left her off. But yeah, so honestly, like, I just think Kaylee Williams, like, it's a nostalgic pick sort of, but also like, I just love her voice so much. Yeah, she's talented, man. It's so good. I, I know you had her on your list. So I'm curious if there's anything I left out that you wanted to add to that. No, I, I would just say like to have a female vocalist as a frontman of a, of a rock and roll band, right? Like mm-hmm. sure. Paramore and brand new eyes, those last two albums before their, their final album, were not as rock and roll, but the first two are pretty rock and roll. There's a couple of songs in their first album where the, the male vocalist is screaming a little bit. Um, So like they're and not like, not like, there's, there's screaming and then there's like screaming. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a little bit more tolerable version of screaming uh, to the average listener. Um, but still it is, that's heavy stuff for your average listener and to have a female vocalist and to have her not singing anything, to have her singing like full voice, uh, very pretty voice, but also powerful and commanding in some ways. And like she can do the softer love songs. What's the one? Uh, only exception. Only exception. Yeah. Or like, there's, there's, there's several slower songs but she can also just like rock all i wanted when she like really hits those high notes yeah it is like chilling it's so good and the the the, the, the full album riot like just top to bottom i mm-hmm. i owned that album cassie and i just wore that thing out we did see them live mm-hmm. um very very good i was surprised i basically got the tickets for cassie I was like, well, I'll, I want to go. Like, I love concerts. I want to see them. Whatever, yeah. be fun. They were so good, better than I thought they were going to be. So, um, a pleasant surprise on that overall. And it is, yeah. it's kind of a natural thing where bands often it's more the bands that we're going to have in our top couple, especially our number one, is uncommon. You know, most mm-hmm. bands have a couple of really strong albums, um, and then eventually peter off and either change their genre a little bit too much or lose a little bit of uh, uh, creativity a little bit of the with the spark that made them who they are it's part of why i didn't have all american rejects on there it's part of why i didn't have one republic on there right mm-hmm. See, but that, that, but that's a pretty common thing to have happen so paramore falling off a little bit at the end isn't really to me that big of a deal because the riot i think is one of the best albums. I, I the same way i said move along it was one of the best albums of that 2000 2010 era i think riot is as well yeah, no, definitely. There, it's it would be one of my top albums of all time in that era of music yeah. uh, in terms of what I listened to. Now, what I thought was interesting because Paramore hasn't really been around since 2017, right? Yeah, um, 14.3 million listeners still per month. Oh wow! That's so that high. means that's a pretty nostalgic list yeah. for a lot of people. I, I mean. I honestly liked, even when they did the Paramore album, which was a little bit more like, ain't it fun? Like it wasn't like as heavy as The Rock and it no. kind of changed a little bit. It was still, still a really good album. Like still it in the still, use it on still is, It still feels like them, right? Yes. It, it didn't feel like they had changed their style too, too much. Uh, after Laughter in 2017, I started listening to it just to see if there's like any songs I like from it that much. And I was like, yeah, eh, not really. Not I, really. But I didn't. I didn't run my, you know, experience with Haley Williams from Paramore. No. And clearly, she makes the band because, like, this redheaded singer in a rock band, like, you just don't see that very often. No. A female redhead singer, like, just killing it like that. So yeah, uh, yeah. I just, uh, I had her at three. You had her at seven. So obviously, we both like her. I'm just 
probably more nostalgia for me. I strongly considered I moving her up higher. I did. Okay. So and I, and I knew Cassie really liked her too. Yeah. I remember that just from growing up with you guys. But uh, there's a lot of people that liked them. And I, I, I won't say who it was, but I specifically remember <laughs> someone telling their parents that Paramore was a Christian band because they sang the song Hallelujah. Oh no! <laughs> so their parents were like, "Oh, okay, that's fine." Oh no! <laughs> And oh, like, like they played this song for um, yeah. the Hallelujah song for them in the car. They were like, "Oh yeah, that's a nice song." Yeah. Oh my gosh. Anyway. Yeah, they are very Christian. Uh, <laughs> and, exactly. Yeah. Don't worry, mom. They're they're Christian. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so my number two. This is where I have Brandon Flowers from the Killers. Yes. And I knew this it's, was coming. It's probably a probably a lot of nostalgia, but they do have. 10 albums the most out of anybody on my list uh and that's to me is pretty insane they've been pretty consistent they do have seven grammy nominations um and 13 hot 100 two top tens for me what it is is the band's personality is brandon flowers and he is a really strong singer he's not an amazing singer his voice is super unique so i can understand why people maybe don't like it stacy doesn't always love it um, but I, I think that it is it fits their style so well for me. And if you have kind of fallen off of the killers fandom after you know the early 2000s, where most people you know kind of fell off, um, they have evolved in a way that I didn't think would be possible for them. Um, whenever I come back to their older albums, specifically uh, Day and Age and Battleborn, uh, 08 and 2012. They are super strong still, even though they're very different from their first two or three albums. And then their last three, um, outside of those that I just mentioned, Wonderful, Wonderful is 2017, has the song The Man, which is maybe my favorite song by them. It's one of my favorite songs by them. I, I, I'm speaking a little out of school, but I wouldn't be surprised if Vince said it was his favorite song by them. Um, really good. And so even that album, which I don't think is amazing, has some good songs on it. And their newest album is so unique. It's like just them telling songs that are like stories about people that lived around them growing up. Not like not like explicitly, not like um, it's not nonfiction, right? It's not like it's an accurate retelling of people's names and stuff. It's mm-hmm. just like them writing based off their experiences growing up in small town Nevada. And it's very folk. Um now it's not like stylistically like it isn't like Mumford and Sons, right? But the heart of what makes folk folk is that it tells stories in their music, right? And so this album is really doing that, and it's it feels almost kind of like they decided to go a little more country. Um, if you are into or have or if you're curious by any of anything I've just said, check out some songs like uh, um, "Runaway Horses." It's just like a really quiet, somber song with him and a female vocalist, Phoebe Bridgers. Uh, it's just a couple other songs that are just like kind of heartbreaking in a beautiful way. <laughs> and then they put out a single this year called Boy. So this is all 2004 to 2022 mm-hmm. that they have all of these albums, you know, 10 albums in <laughs> 18 years. And they, put out a, and, and, and they put out a single this year. So there's like a, probably a new album coming out in the next like year or so. Who knows? But they're just consistently working and more often than not doing good work. Uh, and it's mostly because of him. He you know, is does play some some 
keyboard, some synthesizer and that kind of stuff. But more often than not, he's just like the front man. And he's just a very talented showman. And um, definitely want to see them live. I watched a lot of videos of him live. Mm-hmm. Um, DVDs and, and YouTube videos and stuff like that. Haven't had a chance to see them live yet and would love to. But it's partially nostalgic, but also it's not even just nostalgic from like Hot Fuss, right? From like Mr. Brightside and right. somebody told me. It's like nostalgic from stuff from 10 years ago, not just from 20 years ago. So, uh, but I have always loved them. Probably just always will. So they're my number two. <laughs> hey, you know what's funny is like, I, I'm going to get a lot of heat for this. Yeah. Well, maybe not, not just from you, but from other people. Sometimes I find his voice to be very annoying. Stacey goes the same way. I don't, okay. I don't understand. I don't, I don't agree. Okay. But I kind of get it. Not on every song. It's just certain songs. Like yeah. Mr. Brightside, I love that song. I mean, I like some of the other songs that you mentioned too. Um, they're they're really good songs. Like he's had he's got some really cool vocals and how he phrases words is really yeah. interesting to me as well. And I think similar to like I was talking about with Mumford and Sons, they have some cool dynamics with how they write their songs and how they perform them. So personally though, this is where I was just like. If I have to push Skip because his voice is annoying me, how can I put him on my yeah. list? And yeah. I know you really like him. So I was like, yeah. okay, I didn't know how high I'd have him. And you're like, I, I, I probably like him a lot. I'm like, okay, I got to really study their music then if I'm going to talk about it, <laughs> which I did. So I'm proud yeah. of myself for doing that. But uh, you pushed through. I did. And actually, <sighs> I found myself enjoying some more things than I probably would. I wouldn't have given him a chance for some of the songs that, you know, that are pretty pop, like not popular, but songs that I really found myself liking i was like yeah that is actually really cool so uh overall though i mean uh i wouldn't have him a number two if i was putting them on my oh, list sure sure uh i i could make a i could make a way for them into my top 10 um after listening to some of the songs because like for me like some of their high high notes for me like not high notes in terms of like singing notes but like songs that i really like they stood out to me where I was like, man, this is a killer song. Like I no, no pun intended, but I love, <laughs> I love this song. It's a banger. Right. Yeah. And then yeah. sometimes I'm just like, eh, I, I'm just going to push skip. And yeah. it's like, cause like sometimes he phrases words almost too weird where I just don't care for it. And like the lyrics can be a little bit different sometimes when I listen to their music, but, yeah. um, and overall, I just, overall, I think it's fine. But yeah, for me, number two, I'll move on quickly. It was That's your number great. eight, Adam yeah. Levine. Yeah. Saw this this is, incredible career so far he was actually in a band that started in like 1994 and like i didn't know that and they went up all the way to like 2000 and then like they decided like this is going to work so they changed things he quit playing lead guitar and started becoming their full-time uh you know lead vocalist and kind of switched up some things but they've had seven seven albums since 2002 uh six extra albums you know like i think there's one that you really liked was like i think it was the acoustic version uh, yeah, one of their of, uh, songs about Jane. I think they had a acoustic version of that. Um, but they've they've got a lot of different you know extra albums. Overall, though, they've been a the, the band has won three Grammys, nominated mm-hmm. for thirteen altogether. They've won one hundred and one uh, one hundred nine total awards since their debut in two thousand eleven. Um, Adam Levine is a very popular person. He's actually a meme right now on social media. Uh-huh. <laughs> if you haven't seen for like some not, really like not good un- reasons not good reasons uh uh-huh. i will say this he has 14.9 million followers on instagram which is yeah. the second highest um the band only has 8.5 mm-hmm. but the band on twitter has 14.1 million so you know kind of oh. 
it's kind of weird how like more people on Twitter like them, but yeah. 49.4 monthly listeners on Spotify. They've got multiple songs, David, uh, that have reached over a billion mm-hmm. uh, listens on Spotify as well. Yeah. Now, some of those are their newer stuff and some of their newer stuff people don't like. I've, I mean, you kind of talked about this and it's one of those things where you like a band. So you kind of make yourself like the new stuff they put out, <laughs> even though it's not the same style. Like if yeah. you look at like songs about Jane, to their latest album, so Jordy, different. you're like, who is this band? Like they yeah. change so much. And I don't necessarily care for like the recent one, Red Pill Blues and Jordy. Like they've got some songs in there that are okay, but I don't like most of the time it feels like they sing a song and then they have a hip hop artist at the end do a bridge and come back and like it's the new era of pop music. Yeah. Don't love it. But I just feel like his popularity is so, so massive. Uh former coach on the voice. I guess I could have said that about Nick Jonas as well, because he was a former coach oh, on there yeah. as well. But Adam Levine was a little bit more prominent as one of those coaches on there. Um, he's he's, at, he's done acting to a certain degree. I forget all the stuff that he's been in, but I know that I saw that somewhere. Um, but yeah, he's just got um, a really cool voice, in my opinion. And even with the new poppy style, his voice is good enough to make it sound great even though the songs aren't great, I think he's talented enough that he makes those songs come to life. Uh, the song with the lowest pitch for him was lost stars on the album five, which is where they really started to kind of make a shift in my opinion. And then that yeah. same song is where he has his highest pitch as well. So I thought oh, okay. that was unique. Huh. Same song with sim- similar to dirty little secret there with Tyson Ritter from all American regions. Yeah. These are the only two that had that um, last thing here, according to critic of music, Levine is a four octave voice tenor, yeah. Uh, comfortable vocal range that reaches from a low E2 to almost glass shattering E6. Wow. Levine's instantly uh, identifiable voice moves effortlessly between his tenor chest voice and head bass falsetto that he can hold his high notes for a remarkable, a remarkable amount of time without fatigue. So that's one thing too. Like I'm sure I've never seen him live, but I'm sure he's great live. I've seen he's not good live. Well, okay. He's good live. So the here's the thing. Not- no, here's the thing. So, I'm he. I was disappointed live, not because okay. of his vocal performance, because of everything else. Yeah, um, he's a an acquired taste. I will say that. And no, I don't even mean necessarily because of that kind. Of, so, like, okay, it was like I had already seen Coldplay live. I'd seen Paramore live. I'd seen Fallout Boy live. I'd seen other rock bands, and yeah, they're not a rock band anymore. But when I saw them live was 2010, 11, 12 in that range. So. It would have been before Overexposed, so it must have been 2011 because it was their big hit at that point was Moves Like Jagger, which I referenced at the beginning of the show. Oh yeah. Um, and th- at that point they were still pretty much a rock band. Like they yeah. were not exactly. They had kind of. I think the shift started with their second album. I think their second album is yeah, really, it is, did. A, is a small shift, and then there's two or th- there's like three albums, and then five is their like their big shift, right? Yeah. But, sugar animals that yeah. kind of stuff like yeah it's like okay this is not my favorite but. so that's a big part of why i kind of just like i dropped him a bunch so he vocally he deserves to be way higher he yeah. is maybe the most talented singer on here one or two or three like top two or three most talented singers out of anyone that we mentioned uh today so that's not really the thing is is like he doesn't really do anything else with the band. He uh, he might help write songs a little bit, but he doesn't yeah. play a whole lot of instruments, you know. Yeah. So he doesn't do anything else. And as a front man in terms of live performances, he's a great singer and that's about it. He just kind of stands there and sings mm. or he'll walk around a little bit and sing. Whereas other people 
Patrick Stump from Fallout Boy, Haley Williams, Chris Martin. We haven't mentioned yet, but we're going to, obviously. <laughs> Even Marcus Mumford. Yeah. They put on a show while they're performing live. They, they are physically performing, not just standing there singing their songs and looking pretty. <laughs> and so yeah. that's kind of a harsh criticism. But like, if we're talking about the best singers of the 21st century, he deserves to be higher. But for me, I kind of added some some caveats into what makes a frontman a frontman. And to me, it was more than just singing. And he's an exceptional singer. And that's about it. Mm-hmm. And also the fact that I really like love that first album. It made me see what a band in that style could do with a singer like that. And then they just almost immediately deviated from that style. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> that was so yeah. good, though. Yeah. Why, would you, why would you do that? Uh, I know, because Sunday Morning is like, oh, man, that is yeah. such a good song. Yeah. She Will Be Loved is amazing. Harder to Breathe is a great song. And, and uh, the, the next three albums are not bad. And they're, no, not they're, even, they're not even that big of a deviation, but they are a deviation. And then they from there, they just kind of like really went off to pure pop, basically. So I haven't listened to Five or Red Pill Blues or Jordy. Um, I no. haven't even listened to all of I, I quit listening to Overexposed. I stopped like yeah. So that actually is one that I listened to a lot when it first came out. And I yeah. think part of it was just because some of the songs I connected with. Yeah. Like, uh, there's some like cool different, like, I don't like payphone that much, but like it was popular on the radio. Sure. Um, one of the songs on that album is called Lady Killer. And it's actually kind of a cool, it's like, doom, 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 doom. you know, it's like a, got a cool little thing to it. Yeah. Uh, I, I like ballads. And so one of the ballads on there is called Sad. I love mm-hmm. that song. Uh, beautiful beautiful goodbye is a great song as well uh i like that one actually better than five which people were probably like shocked by but i think it's because i just over listened to it at the time of my life when i did listen to it for whatever reason yeah uh, sometimes i think i was going through some stuff emotionally like yeah. <laughs> at that point in my life That's fair. so i connected with it just because like i liked his voice it was a new album because i think uh hands all over actually i love that album uh yeah which I, I, still I, know think it's pre- I still think it's pretty good but it was yeah I like it more than overexposed by a long shot. Yeah. But I still think I like it won't be soon before it won't be it won't be soon before, soon long. before long. You know, yeah. I still think I'm going a little bit more, but they're pretty close at least. Yeah, it, it won't be, uh, be soon before long is so good too. I mean, it's hard for me because I just like hands all over a lot because I like misery a lot. Misery is great, yeah. Um it's a really fun it song. It has moves like Jagger, so like it's good songs. Yeah. The first three albums I think to... are, are really really strong. And it's just like yeah. after that where I'm trying to like you know, I was also especially frustrated by the fact that I had already heard them do something that to me was more unique, more creative, was better. And I was just like, why would you ever leave that to go mm-hmm. for more? And I, and I guess the answer is to chase, to chase, to chase popularity. And I think yeah. outside of maybe Dan Reynolds with Imagine Dragons, they're probably the most commercial band. You're, you're right. They're just trying to be commercial, which like that's not necessarily a criticism if you are if you don't mind that. I just right. When it's so obvious and blatant is where I do kind of get like annoyed. <laughs> no, I, I think one of my, now I will say this. One of my songs that I like from the recent album, Jordy is called Memories okay. because they use the Canon and D music oh, cool. as part of it. So it kind of draws that together because it's like, dun, 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 Oh dun, yeah. Dun. Yeah. No. Yeah. I've heard that yeah. song. And yeah. so I'm like, man, where do I know that? Be- where do I know that melody from? I'm like, yeah, they just straight up stole it from Canon and D, which yeah. is kind of like, not like artistic, like, well, that's like lame, but it, they did a it's really cool. good job with it. It's really cool. Uh, some of the other ones on there, are like beautiful mistakes, like they're very catchy, but like, you know, like they're not great. And I, I think that the broad range, like I think it's almost kind of like 
you said it can be looked at as a negative, but it can also look at it as a positive how they were able to adapt yeah. with their music and their style. Um, I think that just kind of shows off his range personally yeah. in terms of like what he can do because everybody still loves that original stuff. And like, we grew up watching American Idol. Yeah. How many times did we see that first album? Those songs Gosh. get covered every single time. Yeah. Even like 10 years after that album had been released. Like for sure. It's just, there's so many great hits from that first album that it really just set them out. But uh, for them, I, I will just say, you talked about him not really playing the guitar and stuff. Well, there's probably a reason why, because like I said earlier, <laughs> the band they had before he was the lead guitar player and it was just not working out. Yeah. So I, I think he kind of had to realize like maybe I'm just better as a singer. Than a singer. Front man. Yeah. But anyway, uh, we can get speak, to number one. <laughs> well, one last thing, just to speak to their popularity though, to give you the kudos for this. So 45 appearances on the Hot 100. Mm, yeah. That's 20 more than Coldplay, who is the next highest on my on my list. Yeah. Same 20 for me, more. Chris Martin. And 17 top tens, four number ones. So like, <laughs> it's hard to argue with that. It's just yeah. like, it's it's just a matter of what do you, do you like that popularity or does that kind of wear on you after time or not? So that's just to give you like, that is, he's worthy of being on the list and worthy of being high even. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of personal preference in terms of placement. So, well, let me just give this to you real quick comparison as we're transitioning to number one. Yeah. I think they had a total of 109 awards um, Gosh. <laughs> that they had won. I don't know how many they had been nominated for, but yeah. I know it wasn't even close to what Coldplay has been nominated for because oh, cool. Coldplay has been not nominated <laughs> for 612 awards. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, they do have a lot more Grammy nominations. 36 to be 36 specific. and seven wins. Yes, but they've had 225 total wins of any, like all these different awards yeah. they give out throughout the year. But like 612 nominations, David, like, yeah, that's freaking that's insane. insane. It, 57.5 monthly listeners. They have 18 million on Instagram and 23.6 on Twitter. Love uh, it. Chris Martin doesn't even have Twitter, Instagram. No, like, his own personal account. So he actively like, okay, like, he actively tries to like not one up and outstage the band, and yet yeah. still does. <laughs> it, it's so insane, man. Like I, at first, because I'm such an Adam Levine, like I love his voice so much. I almost had him one at first, and then I started looking at Chris Martin's like just resume with Coldplay. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's no way. I, yeah, I, I can't even do this as much as I like Levine. And some people are probably laughing because like I'm sure. I'm like one of the biggest Adam Levine fans out there. <laughs> <laughs> I just really like his voice, but uh, I think Chris Martin's voice though, to me actually is more unique than Adam Levine's. It is, and, I think. And I think it's more versatile actually. Yeah. So that's honestly, I was like, I can't, I, I said, as much as I'm like nostalgically with Adam Levine, like Coldplay, man, like I, I can listen to all their albums and never get bored. Yeah. With it. So I think that we talked about, there's some bands that try to adapt and can't do it. And you said that Adam Levine was able to do it. And I, and I don't disagree. Yeah. I think he was able to do it. I think he was able to do it at the cost of creativity, maybe, or the cost of um, like some sense of identity. Yeah. Coldplay to me with Chris Martin is, I don't know if, I think one of us may have said, but Chris Martin is a front man for Coldplay. And to me, they have changed so many times but have never not sounded like Coldplay to me. I've never been like, well, who is this band? Whatever. Even they had a really strange album that came out. It's not their newest album. Um, it's the one right before that. But it does, and it's, it's probably my least favorite album of theirs, either that one or Ghost Stories, probably that one, but it's a little bit of both, honestly. They're, they're not super strong all the time with all their albums, but they still, that was a very experimental thing. And that was like, they even said like early on, like 2018, 
2019, right before that album came out, they said like, we're putting out two albums in the next few years. Um, it's supposed to be the next two years. One was going to be different, experimental, way different than what we've ever done. And then one would be more normal. And everyday life was the more experimental one. And then before Music of the Spheres was com- completed, COVID hit and delayed everything. So that album mm. came out actually two years after Everyday Life instead of just the next year. But still, to put that album out, um, if, if, you, if you know that, know that album, it's very uh, typical of what Coldplay is now, ever since like maybe 2011 with Milo Zalotto. But mm. I mean, their first album is very uh, acoustic. Second album is very electric, like electric guitar, like rock and roll. The third album is more uh, like electronic, like electric keyboards and synthesizers, you know, like speed of sound, those kind of things. Um, and then their fourth album, Viva La Vida, is a concept album about the French Revolution that like was produced by one of the best um, record producers of all time. <laughs> and then they shifted from there. And, and that whole sound is a lot more like orchestral. There's a lot more like, um, not like, like acoustic instruments, but not like acoustic guitar style, but like acoustic instruments like stand-up bass and those kind of things um and then milo zaloto is kind of where they found their more recent more modern sound and the last um four last five albums have been pretty much aligned with that sound which is a little bit of a balance honestly of everything Mm -hmm. they've done before there are songs on all of those albums except for everyday life there are songs that fit the more acoustic style songs that are more rock and roll songs that are more electronic they kind of do a balance of all these different styles that they have within each album and i really adore that and i just love that every album kind of feels consistent to it itself so i was listening to um some of Paramore's stuff actually their last couple albums and i was like so, some of this stuff just like doesn't I, I feel like it doesn't I, I feel like it shouldn't be on this album like, i feel yeah. like this like, i feel like they were like cramming for songs that don't really fit stylistically on this album and sometimes bands do that where they'll put a couple songs where you're like this song feels so bizarre on this album it feels like it doesn't even fit and Coldplay almost never does that to the point where like you can hear a song and know, oh, this is from uh, Miles Lotto, isn't it? Oh, this is from Viva La Vida, isn't it? This is from Parachutes, right? Like you can just tell because it fits in with the album really well. So I've spent hours talking about Coldplay before. Obviously, I love them. They're my favorite band of all time. So give us some stuff, Alex, <laughs> on why you also have the number one besides what, beyond what you've already said. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, just like the nominations from awards and the popularity, like it's huge. I love his voice. I I looked up, described Chris Martin's voice on uh, the internet to see what people yeah. just had to say about him, and I thought this was just perfect. I looked at a different, a couple of different places before I decided to go ahead and um, pick the one that I liked. But this one said Chris Martin's voice could be described as unconventional with a bucket load of character. He's able to channel a wide range of emotion without sounding forced or theatrical. In fact, his voice stands out precisely because it's not forced. He's relaxed and at home across his entire range. Yeah. And I was like, that's perfect. Like, I mm. mean, when I was trying to like describe it to somebody, I'm like, that's the best description I've heard of his voice probably from anybody. Yeah. I love that. Um, I love all of their, all of their music. It actually, you're talking about everyday life, the, the 2019 album. And it's one that I actually didn't really dive into too much. I went back and like listened to it a little bit more today, actually, and a little bit before that. And I was like, there are some songs on here that I actually yeah. really can connect with. I think you Me actually too. talked about it on the Coldplay draft that you guys did. Uh, was that, I think, Broken with the capital E's on that one? Yeah. 
that is like a such a it's funky like different so cool, song though. i was like i like this song yeah uh, there's a lot there's other ones on there that i don't want to like give away too too much uh, yeah. information on that because we are doing a draft later we haven't revealed that yet but yeah that's fine uh, <laughs> but I've, I've tried to save some stuff so i don't give everything away that's fine but i definitely really like uh just the overall sound from Coldplay. i mean I can't say too much. I mean, you're the Coldplay expert. So <laughs> anything I add, it's just kind of like whatever. But I will ask you this because you are the expert. I did find the lowest pitch and highest pitch for them. I'm curious oh, if you goodness. know what the lowest pitch is that he's saying on. Man, it's probably something early. Uh, it could be, I don't know. It could be on Ghost Stories too, though. He sings some really like it's, quiet. It's not on Ghost Stories. I'll okay. tell you that. So then I'm going to, I'll give it one more guess. I'll say it's somewhere off Russia Blood to the Head. It's actually, this is really weird, but it's World Turned Upside Down on the Fix You EP. Okay, yeah. I wasn't thinking about <laughs> EPs, but yes. That, yeah. Um, that, that's the thing, too, with, with this band. Their EPs are good. Like, <laughs> they have lots of EPs and singles that are not on their main albums that are still really good. My favorite song by them is not on an album. So, like, I don't know. It's crazy. But, yeah, that's, <laughs> okay. that's what's the, the highest pitch. What do you think, if oh, I had to give man. you a guess? I don't know if I can pull anything off the top of my head that I will say it's within the last three albums. It was recent. Okay. Mm. Um, man, I'm gonna say maybe like he goes super falsetto on some stuff on yeah. on a head full of dreams. Was it off that album? Yeah. It's uh on Music of the Spheres is oh. the album. So it's off the newest album. Yeah. Okay. So then it's People of the Pride, maybe? It's humankind. Really? People of the Pride. Is... Oh, that's fine. According <laughs> to the internet. Okay, yes. Yeah. So... But because there's like this thing where they like list all the high notes that they've hit, like the highest note possible. Falsetto is like, it was like, I forget what the website's called. There's a couple that I looked at. But so do they discount it if it's falsetto? And like no, they actually put it in like a blue, like highlighter oh. to let you know that's actually a falsetto note that they hit. So was it so, so on Humankind, it was probably falsetto? I'm assuming, I think it was. Most okay. of the ones that were all high like that were, all were falsetto. falsetto. Yeah. But I yeah. just, you know, I. I mean, honestly, like you can't say enough about them. And like, yeah, just hearing all of you guys that have gone to those live concerts before, like so I'm jealous. I've never been able to go with you. So yeah. maybe the next time you guys go, uh, I'll have to tag along. Well, they were in Chicago again this year, but it was like the spring and Ezra was like four months. And we were just like, yeah, there's just no yeah. way we can go to that. But they're supposed to be doing potentially only one more album. So it's going to be a high priority to go see them live. Yes. <laughs> let album. me know. I will, I will, I will yeah. come if you let me. No, <laughs> if not, I'll go by myself. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. Uh, uh, the more the merrier. But uh, the last thing I'll say, like we did talk about how Maroon 5 is a little more, more popular. They do still have 25 hot 100s, five top tens and two number ones, which nobody else on my list had, um, had any number one hits except for Maroon 5 has four. So they are still very popular, but they are not, the same level as Maroon 5, which I'm fine with that. <laughs> no, Maroon 5 doesn't even hold, um, you know, anything close to them. I mean, yeah. it's 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 like we could make this list and like, you know, put like five spaces and then put Coldplay. Like, I think that they actually separate themselves that much, even yeah. though as big of a, of a Levine fan that I am. But yeah. Um. All right. So we're ready so, to do this next part. Well, yeah. So what we're going to do, I'll kind of introduce it and then we'll, we'll, cut it off and save it for a different episode so if you're listening to this episode this is going to be the end of this episode but yes we are going to come back with a part two and we're going to draft some songs from our top five so next episode the part two we're going to kind of come together and decide on a collective top five and then we will draft songs based off of those artists so that'll be a whole separate episode and it will be 
I would assume a little bit shorter than this one, but it'll be a separate part two episode. So before we head out of this episode, let's just run down our list really quickly. Yeah. So mine, 10 is James Mercer from Broken Bells and the Shins. Nine is Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park. Eight was Adam Levine from Ruin 5. Seven is Haley Williams from Paramore. And then six is Patrick Stump from Fallout Boy. Five was Marcus Mumford from Mumford and Sons. Four was Caleb Followell from Kings of Leon. Three, Matthew Bellamy from Muse. Two, Brandon Flowers from The Killers. And then one was Chris Martin from Coldplay. Alex, number 10, Nick Jonas from The Jonas Brothers. Um, nine, Alex Turner from The Arctic Monkeys. Eight, Ryan Tedder from One Republic. Seven, Tyson Ritter from The All-American Rejects. Six, Patrick Stump from Fallout Boy. Five, Dan, Riddle, Dan Riddles from Imagine Dragons. Four, Brendan Urie from Panic at the Disco. Three, Haley Williams from Paramore. Two, Adam Levine from Moon 5. And one, Chris Martin from Coldplay. So we will um, potentially even next week, I don't know, we'll see exactly what my release schedule is, but we'll come back and we're just going to draft some of our favorite songs from the um, our, our collective top five, which I won't even tell you yet. We'll do that next week, or next episode, whatever that is. <laughs> but um, Alex, anything you have going on you want to plug before we head out of here? No, if you like the Pacers, check out my yeah. podcast. If you As don't always. like the Pacers, uh, that's okay. Uh, thanks for listening <laughs> to that Shady Buffalo podcast. And uh, exactly. hopefully my basketball takes are as well liked as my music takes. If you liked them, if you didn't like them, my basketball takes, I promise are better. <laughs> yeah. So let us know if you, if we miss somebody that you really love. The Instagram is at Shady underscore Buffalo underscore podcast. You can reach out there. Obviously you can always text me if you have some takes or some opinions that maybe we, maybe we miss somebody. Uh, it's definitely possible. So let us know what you agree with, what you disagree with, and then we will um, see you on the next episode next week. Mm-hmm.